Welcome back to Factory Sealed. It is December 30th, 2018. My name's Eric Peterson. Joining me today, Mr. Tom Ragan. Hey, guys. Mr. Mike Tyson. Hello. And Dan Curtis. Shabal. <laughs> Still shabbering over there, are you? Still doing it. Still going yes. for it. Holding strong. Always. Always shabber in the morning. Always shabber in the evening. Shabbering all day long. I think they only shabber once a month in Het. Too much Shabba for one village. No, they got to haul in the Shabba from the next village. <laughs> Only when the roads aren't being blocked up by a tractor, yeah. like when I visit. And when the donkey's not tied up with the post. A tractor with a boat on the back. Get it right. Yeah. Was it a boat? It was a boat. It's for the duck pond. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't fit that in there. Duck pond's that big. I mean, it's, it's nearly a duck puddle. Let's face it. You got to give them effort points for trying. Just put yes, the back end trying. of the boat in there with the engine in and just rev it and spray water everywhere. Kids love it. Well, one second later. Well, that's us on the other side. <laughs> Excellent. Is that, is, that, is that like the equivalent of like ghetto parts of America where they just like open up a fire hydrant in the summer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> just drop the local boat engine in and spray it out. I mean, you get bits of duck and fish in there, but it's all right. You cook the duck for later. Bit of delicious duck. Yeah. Mm, delicious. Crispy duck. Yeah. It's like playing in the we sprinkler. We don't eat any of that foreign shit in head, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what is het cuisine? Um, what is het known here? for? Here? R- raw wheat? Tripe. <laughs> uh, Northeastern delicacy peace pudding, no doubt. Unleavened the bread, tack bread. <laughs> you got to dunk it in water for three days before it's soft enough to chew. I find that Maggoty, sharp, to be honest. Maggoty biscuits, like you used to get on ships, you have to tap them to get the the worms out. <laughs> plague infested rats, not even plague, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Right, I'm glad. I'm glad this has been brought up because I've been listening to some old shows what? recently. Right, and I want I want to do an experiment with you, Eric. Right. With me. So do you remember? Yeah. So okay. (laughs) So the usual things, right? Say plague. Plague. Okay, and vague. Vague. Right. Say bagel. Bagel. Okay. So you say bagel weirdly. Okay. Fine. Right. Now in illusion of Gaia, illusion of Gaia. Say Tower of Babel. Tower of Babel. Now say bagel. Bagel. Okay. Now say Tower of Babel, but replace the middle B with a G. Tower of Bagel. Because you say, cause they're, the same, they're the same word with a different letter in the middle, but you still say them differently. How is that different? You say <laughs> Bagel, but then you go... the Illusion of Gaia episode. Go, no, we didn't do this experiment, though. We mentioned that he said Bagel weirdly, because he says Bagel, but then he says Babel, and he's fine. <laughs> Tower of Babel and a Bagel. Look, see? <laughs> <laughs> Successful experiment. 
Yeah, <laughs> just proves that Eric's an idiot. <laughs> this is a bit. This is a bit of a spoiler for later, but I think we might be coming back to this as a memory. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, so I was in Minnesota this past week, and I came across a true Uper accent at the grocery store, and it killed me. It's. It was exactly what what we make fun of on the show, and I just walked out in tears laughing. The lady asked me, she straight up's like, oh, hey, how you doing today? I'm great. She's like, oh, do you want it in a bag? No, thanks. (laughs) Oh, have a good day. See you soon. No way. Oh, yeah, it was great. Should have got her to do some ASMR for you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Don't you know? (laughs) Oh, for fun. Oh, jeez, Margie. Oh, you're gonna need a bag on that. You're gonna need a bag. <laughs> really soft, that a. Gotta pull your lips to the corner of your mouth, a. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't What's going know, on? <laughs> if you're a if you're a Patreon supporter, you're gonna have an hour of the weirdest factory sealed unwrapped to date. And if you're a fan of ASMR, you're going to love it. Yeah, if you love ASMR, you should probably go donate to Patreon because we knocked it out of the park. Or something to that effect. It got weird. We just knocked, just knocked one out, I think. Uh, four, <laughs> we knocked four out. Maybe five, depending on how early Hazel left. <laughs> Poor girl. <laughs> That's probably why she left. Too hot yeah, and maybe. Oh dear, Eric's doing ASMR. <laughs> oh, For those who don't know what ASMR is, Mike, do you want to give us an explanation? Uh, no, I'll let you. You were you were brand new to it, Eric. I will let you explain. <laughs> so nice. you you didn't. I've, you I've didn't got know it. What it I've got it. Thank you, Dan. And then I'll give a demonstration. So basically, ASMR is weird people on Twitch making rusty noises into microphones. With one caveat, you have to be scantily clad. Yes. But, but, that's not the focus of it. The focus of it is the audio. You have to listen and get hard. Because it's relaxing when I fart into your mouth. Have I fallen over? In other news, my grand managed to survive Christmas this year without falling off, which is always good news. That doesn't sound Woo! like a good Christmas. Well, yeah, Christmas <laughs> happened. It, it did. Tom's first Christmas in North America. Yeah. Yeah. Taste that freedom. Oh, I felt very free sat there. Finally. Have our own traditions. <laughs> Was it any different, Tom? No, not really. Uh, <laughs> Same old shit. Same shit. Mike, where you fu- where you're full of the joys of the season, Mike. Hey, 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 hey. I'll have you know, there is photographic evidence of me dressed like Santa going to pick my mother-in-law up. Uh, can we have <laughs> Begrudgingly or willingly? It's on my Facebook. Uh, hold- How did you not see this? I don't know. 
I don't stalk yeah. you on Facebook. Well, me and uh, my sister-in-law's boyfriend had to go and pick my mother-in-law up. Uh, and we both dressed as Santa to pick her up and surprised her. Oh, oh man. Boxing speaking, legend Santa Mike Tyson in the car. Speaking of picking people up, uh, Tom and I have elaborate plans for how we're going to be picking you all up at the airport. Oh, God. <laughs> And, and the fact that you're all going to be super tired and probably pissed off is going to make it even better. Mm, I am going to be Marty. Like Mardi Gras? No. Yeah, so less jovial. Yeah, so <laughs> if I'm of, give you bees, Speaking of plans, Eric, wait until you see what we've got in store for your house. Oh, Jesus That's what's Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if my house is still assembled by the time you get here. It's pretty oh, yeah. unlikely. So, right, every couple of days, Eric sends us a photo where he somehow managed to put a hole in something else, and I don't know what he's up to. <laughs> well, yesterday I was trying to fix the shower, and what I was trying to fix broke, so I had to chisel oh, it Oh, hi there, and welcome to DIY with Eric. Now, I'm going to show you today how to put a hole in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> the D is for deconstruction. <laughs> That's my middle name, Eric D. Peterson, deconstruction. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rewind, rewind. After I put that hole in the wall, I'm going to tell you all about Mega Man. <laughs> the, the thing you were trying to fix broke, so it wasn't broken to begin with. Well, it but was... But you were trying to fix it. Okay, so it was a it was a cartridge inside the shower head that I had to take out, and it was rusted in there, so as I was pulling it out, it broke. I was trying to replace that piece because it was defective, and then I broke it trying to take it out. Good effort, mate. Nice. Yeah. We got there in the end, though. I fixed it. Not so much the hole in the wall yet. <laughs> but is the, the hole at Crunch kind of Glory Hole situation, is it? Glory Hole? Oh, a glory, glory hole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm doing downstairs. That's the that's the sex dungeon. All right. Well, I, I put a curtain up and it didn't reach the, the bottom. It didn't reach the floor. <laughs> I just sent you. A, I sent, sent a picture to you all of uh, of the results. I got given a curtain. I, I got given a curtain by our landlord because we haven't had curtains every since I've lived here, and uh, I was I was sure that it wasn't going to fit anyway. And uh, yeah, doesn't reach the floor, does it? Do you know there's such a thing called a tape measure? Yeah. Well, he. I told him. I gave him the measurements. Oh, and then okay. he brings around these curtains and, and he left the price label on and the price label was from a place called Your Dollar Store. And I was like, great, so you bought my curtains from the dollar store. <laughs> of course they weren't going to be made to measure. Tom, curtains are cheap. You can just buy your own. I did in the end. But for the other two rooms, I just put I thought, his up in this room. A few room, weeks so. ago, I thought I would do Christy a favor and wash the, the curtains over a sliding glass door because they're like 94 inches tall. Yeah, they shrunk by eight inches. The same situation. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put curtains in, in the dryer. Words, if, if either of these two idiots wants to do DIY around your house, do not let them. Hey, I'm quite the handyman. I managed to put an electrical outlet in my gaming closet. House hasn't yeah, burned down. Yeah, it doesn't down mean it's not going to explode randomly at one day. Yeah, well, wait till you find out who's sleeping in my game room. Sure as hell ain't you, Dan. Well, I was going to say, he's not Dan. <laughs> <laughs> no, I put if he's, got, any, if he's got anything long and pointy in his pocket, then definitely not. Yeah, you're going to be strip searched every time you come into the house. I, like, I, I pretty much guarantee there'll be something pointy in my pocket. <laughs> you might not be able to remove it. Yes, but I can make it soft. 
<laughs> Just do ASMR and it'll be fine. <laughs> I will them. let you open Kingdom Hearts. I think Eric Goose the tag everywhere. You should wait at the airport. You should wait at the airport with a red velvet cushion with Kingdom Hearts two on it, and just be down, just be down on one knee where the arrivals door is. And, and I'm going to I'm going to come out off the plane in full like night outfit. Yeah, you have to wear a crown. What are the sword? Oh man, that would be beautiful. Verily, Mister Tyson, we have arrived in the promised land of America. I am here to unseal the Kingdom Hearts of Destiny. Well, I was planning it. to walk out the plane, like, to the, the reception that the Beatles got in the 60s. I'd just come out with my hair flowing everywhere, waving to the massive crowd of women screaming. Uh, <laughs> yeah, keep, dream, keep dreaming, mate. <laughs> It'll be Tom and I least, At least mine's feasible. <laughs> Tom and I can dress as women. I just presume that's what happens when you land in America. Like, they, they always just have thousands of women there screaming as you come out. Is that not how it works? Uh, no, no. Oh my no. god, it's the savior of the show! They weigh you as you get off, and if you're under 300 pounds, you have to finish a tub of Crisco before you can leave the airport. What the fuck is Crisco? Uh, it's like shortening. Like lard. It's what? Like oh, short- okay. Right. Baking, okay. shortening. Use it as substitute for butter, margarine. <laughs> lard. Got you. It's not lard. It is. Is it? I get the idea. Yes. Yeah, it is. Crisco lard. It's fat. It's a tub of fat. <laughs> All right. Start off your trip with a heart attack. Yeah. Dan, what would you do if I did show up at the airport with Kingdom Hearts 2 for you to unseal? Would you just turn around and get right back on the plane and go home? No, I'd open it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I meant. You'd open it and then be like, well, job's done. See ya. Yeah, pretty much. I, th- I think after about a million hours of whatever flights Mike's booked, I'll probably want to stay in America, to be honest. Hey, 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 Eric was the one who showed me these flights. I didn't show you I just shit. Bu- I just booked them. I just booked them. I didn't show you shit. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I didn't show you. You're like, oh, look at how cheap these flights are. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Royal Rumble's happening. Let's book those. Sweet. In my defense, they have changed like 20 million times since we booked them. Yeah, see? So I showed you great tickets. I'm pretty sure we're coming via Timbuktu or somewhere now. Come via the Het Donkey. Yes. Oh, that will take a while. Did you guys get anything so good for Christmas? I got PSVR. Woo! That's pretty good. That's it pretty good. Pretty did you good. get it with the Move controllers, or did you got to go out and get them? No, went and bought those separate. Wait, so Damn, let me let me get this straight. Controller. You bought them yeah. as soon as you got them. As soon as you got the VR, right? I just oh, went out and bought cool. them, yeah. So, Dan... <laughs> Dan. Tom Dan. likes to have immediate fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way of Dan. I like to prepare does, for my does, fun. Leave me alone. Doesn't have to psych himself up for three months. <laughs> or put it on a Christmas list, which then doesn't get fulfilled. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, you tell everyone about hey, your fancy hey, move hey, controller hey, you right? got? <laughs> I've got my navigation controller. It comes in handy. So in the end, Dan had to go out and buy his own move controllers because his parents <laughs> one, ordered him a one PS- move controller. Okay, either way, <laughs> parents went out and bought you a PS3 navigation controller, which isn't even close. <laughs> it had PlayStation Move in the title. <laughs> 
Oh God. Oh. <laughs> so in the end, his plan was thwarted by himself. Yeah, my my, my mother gave me it on Christmas. I unwrapped it. I was like, "What's this?" <laughs> Did you have to oh, feign being right, happy? It was no. She went. This is not the right one. I went. No. Oh no. <laughs> you just crushed your mom. She's like, oh, God, Dan, his, I know he's been waiting to have all this fun so patiently. Such a good boy. <laughs> Can't wait to see that smile on his face. Sat there with the mug of tea up to the mouth with the smirk. And a, ca- a hidden camera to capture it and relive it 20 years from now. Yeah. <laughs> My God. Uh, it's, it's, it's fine. I went out and got one. It's fine. Did it's very got- hard to track down a single one, though. Yeah, so because you should have just bought only... two, so you had two PS4 Move controllers. Uh, why? Because now you have to charge them with two different cables. And what if so... you wanted to get one of those neat VR headset stands? I don't. Uh... It, it'd, have to wait, it'd have to wait until next Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> this is correct. <laughs> it's not like you can even break up the year with and a then they'd get project. me a, head, a stand for a virtual boy or something. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that'd be great. I'd like that. <laughs> Have you guys got one of those VR headset stands? Yeah, I do. Nice. Does your PS4 sit on it as well? No, no, no. I keep mine on top of my. Can you just like steal a mannequin head from around the back of a shop or something, and that would do? That actually be cool as hell. That would be cool. Good, good idea, Dan. And then put Eric's head, Eric's face on it. Encourage him, Tom. Sorry, that was a mediocre idea, Dan. (laughs) 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 You can do better next time. Well, I it, I didn't get it Christmas Day, but the day after... Oh, by the way, Eric, you, you've always been confused about the fact that we call the day after Christmas Boxing Day, right? Yeah, because you box all your shit up. Yeah, but you, you thought it was weird. I'm sure you thought it was weird. It's super weird. Canadians but, also call it Boxing Day. I was going to say, right, I know... I, Hello, I know I, my <laughs> birthday. Don't be besmirching it, thank you. I realise that I seem to use WWE for a lot of my American references, but I was watching NXT the other day, and they call it Boxing Day on there as well. So they do call it Boxing Day in America. No, they don't. Eric well, I th- calls I think you're everything wrong. sealed, dear. The, no, seriously, it's I've never heard that till I met you guys. <laughs> yeah, but you're not a normal person. You think yeah, Vag is vague. Didn't someone also bagel, correct you when you bagel. said... You were correct. You punch holes in the walls of your house. Will you let Mike finish his insult? <laughs> you, leave, you leave plastic wrapping on your sofas. <laughs> it's so I and you're an it. idiot <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were correct- corrected on the community when like you said that Americans don't call the, the actual truck when there's a truck and trailer a tractor so I think that you're just wrong about America in general I'm going to call up my mom <laughs> mom was it called boxing day <laughs> Maybe I could call no crap. darling it's called keep it sealed day no, we call it the day after Christmas. Oh, wow, inventive. Well done, America. <laughs> oh, I got you to call it the day after Christmas. Oh, I call it the day after Christmas. <laughs> it's better than fucking Boxing Day. What are you doing boxing up on my shit? Oh, it's called Boxing Day. It doesn't take as long to say, though, does it? <laughs> yeah, but it can be confused. It refers back to um, before 1776, where we used to box the Americans because you're idiots. <laughs> but we beat you. <laughs> Before, after 1776. Yeah. Mm. That's why I said before. Is <laughs> in the wording. 
<laughs> Obviously. <laughs> so, Mike, what did you I do? Am, I am now the proud owner of an Xbox One X. Weed. Oh, weed, weed. Shit, weed. Welcome to 4K60. Yeah. Uh, you know what? The best thing about it, Game Pass. Yeah. Game Pass is the mother Never heard of it. Titties. Game Pass is the reason that I went over my internet cap that I didn't know I had. <laughs> oh, look at that. Eric didn't read something properly. No, they changed it. <laughs> they just It's supposed to be unlimited. <laughs> and then they changed it like three months beforehand. Yeah, but they, don't they send you shit out? No. Send them an email, send them an email in capital no, letters they didn't. we have changed and your plan. That was one of the largest complaints was people like, wait, what the fuck? Nobody notified us about this. Like, well, yeah, it was on our website and you had to go look for it. So if you're not looking to change your plan, nobody's going to know. You're right, I wouldn't. Yeah, but you wouldn't exactly. look anywhere. <laughs> well, well. I was going to well, ask you something, actually, guys. Do you ever have your? Well, do you have your PS4 vertical or horizontal, laying down? Because mine's so fucking loud at the moment. It sounds like it's going to take off whenever I play any VR Certain, games. Yeah, the VR takes a lot of power. Yeah, I've got, got a pro. But it. I think the pro is louder than the PS4 Slim in general. Maybe you've just noticed Possibly. the difference since you've upgraded. It's loud. Have you got it in an echo chamber? I've got it in. Okay, I, th- I think it might be because I have it in like a cabinet. It's not closed, but it's got. It's the airflow might be a bit blocked. I'm not sure. Might. Hmm. I honestly think it's a problem with PS4 Pros compared to the Xbox One X. The Xbox One X uses liquid core, so it's really quiet. Oh yeah, I can't hear my Xbox pretty loud. at all. So. Yeah. Oh jeez. But I, I um, basically Hazel hadn't got me a main present for Christmas yet, and I was in the market for getting uh, possibly an Xbox One because Hazel was going to put the money towards it. And then I found out how much money Hazel was going to put towards it, and I was like, eh, you know what? I'm just going to splash the extra cash and get the X. I think it's worth it. Because yeah, then if yeah, you did want to sure. get any of the the modern games on there, uh, the One S is is universally the worst of the modern consoles. Yeah, but uh, there's a couple of pre-orders I had for next year that I've already swapped over to. To Xbox One X to take full advantage. See, and I know I talked to you a little bit about this, but w- what I do in that regard is I wait until the actual graphical reviews for each of the games come out. Because if it's if it's a negligible difference, I'm just going to stick with PS4 because that's where a majority of my collection is. It's the ecosystem I like. But a game like Red Dead, where it was leaps and bounds better on the One X, then I'm going to get it on there. I get that, but this is the first time I've ever owned an Xbox, and I am actually really enjoying the Xbox One controller, to be honest. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Xbox does have a good controller. But I do like the DualShock 4, actually. Oh yeah, nothing against the DualShock 4, but the the few games that I've been playing, um, yeah, really enjoying it. Got nothing on those programs. Did you get one for Christmas? (laughs) Did I shite? I bet you Dan's got three of them, and he's now just so far into this joke that he can't dig himself out. Oh, dear. Oh, I got For four. all the Smash parties you have? Yeah, so uh, alongside my navigation control, I just got games. I haven't. I have, I have Spyro, Black Ops 4, Smash Brothers, Diablo he- 3, and I got Moss, Shadow of the Ombre. Proceeded to complete Assassin's them all Creed before it even got the wrapping off. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I have finished Spiral 1 already, Jesus. 100% with the Platinum Trophy. Um, in, be- in between playing um, Beat Saber, because that's just fun as hell. 
And Mike, super hot VR oh, is amazing. Uh, really is. Ooh. Eric, have you played that? Oh, oh, do oh you want to give it a try? It's real good. Do I? You I think do. it's on sale at the moment. <clears throat> super hot. You do. It is really good. It is. I fun. have not really opened any major presents yet. <laughs> oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> oh, shocking. <laughs> Everything's still under the tree in the wrapping. It's the next <laughs> level of factory sealed. I don't even know what it is. You just pick up all your presents. You're like, <laughs> we'll just keep those there. Children, children, please don't open you just, your presents. You're no. just holding all your presents. You're just looking at everybody around you like you shouldn't have. You should. They're worthless <laughs> now. Uh, no, we were in Wisconsin for the trip or for the holidays, and uh, most of the Christmas presents back there were for the kids. So, my wife and I haven't really done a gift exchange yet for ourselves. You might well, want my kids don't get home until Wednesday, so we're going to do a formal Christmas with them. Um, we came home five days early and left the kids up there. Well, what, by accident? No, fully intentional. <laughs> just, just got home and... Oh, crap! <laughs> How are they getting I know, back? That's not my problem. Hitchhiking? Oh. <laughs> No, my mom kept him up there with my sister. So yeah, we have kid-free weekend. What are you going to do with it? Other than tear your house apart. Tear my house apart, then put it back together again. Seal it up. Yeah. No, I'm actually <laughs> finishing up my game room. I got those prints uh, finally framed. Isn't he dead? He is, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that may be on the level with the optician one. <laughs> hey, my optician's joke was the tits. No, it wasn't. I I went back and found. <laughs> what was it again? He said, what was it I again? Spec savers when we were talking <laughs> about spec ops. Gran Turismo, no, <laughs> Gran Turismo A spec, and I said I preferred Gran Turismo spec savers. <laughs> ah, God. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Spoilers for worst memory of the year coming up. <laughs> Wait, are we doing a worse memory? That seems really... Uh, well, you spoiled it <laughs> Really <now>. nihilist? <laughs> I was going to bring that up. But since we're here... Uh, should we move on to the actual purpose of this show? We are an hour into this. I didn't realize there was a purpose. Fuck, I don't know. We didn't play a game this I week. don't know. Do you want to bring up uh, the first agenda on the old show prep sheet? The first agenda want- on the first item? Yeah, first item on the oh, agenda, yeah. that's what I meant. Do you want to do that first? Yeah. So we did a Secret Santa this year in the Facebook community. Well, just in the community, but yeah, it was run through Facebook. Um, what a cool turnout. There was a, there was just some incredible stuff that people had, had uh, sent out to each other. I'm going to see if I can find the, find the post. I didn't prepare for that. But... Um, <laughs> Here we go. Secret Santa. I don't know where it is. Um, but yeah, so I think that turned out really well. I ended up having um, Shannon McIntosh send me a box of just insane goodies. I got a bunch of PlayStation coasters, uh, an American flag fanny pack, a Mega Man t-shirt, a couple of old um, Tiger handheld games that apparently still work. I have to throw some batteries in. And then, my very own copy of Goof Troop. 
You're welcome. He reached out to me to ask what you would like. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, dear. Yeah, so I can't wait to pop that game in. I thought you were going to say I can't wait to strap it to a firework. Well, I mean, I got it from a from a listener, so I should put it on my shelf. <laughs> but Exactly. Yeah, I think everybody everybody had some really cool stuff. There was actually a ton of thought that went into the things like Chad Hager. Um, I think he had Jeremy Sanford. Went onto Jeremy's Facebook page, found a picture that in the background showed all of his N64 games and zoomed in on it to isolate a couple that he didn't have. Oh, my God. And then... Um, Jeremy had Ben Schrader. Jeremy Sanford actually go ahead. Actually sent somebody a picture from Castlevania with your head. On. <laughs> it's a terrible night for a curse. To, to Ben Schrader, that was it. Yeah, so I saw Ben when I was back in in lacrosse, and it's like Jesus, I got that and just died. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, yeah, there's a lot of games that were sent out. I know Ben sent somebody a bunch of PSVR games and cool stuff so it was really neat to see i'm looking forward to doing it next year nice i think you guys need to get in on it well done santa mike tyson you, you did guys well need to get in on it next year <laughs> do it i shall do it. do it oh and then i sent um uh i had juliet i sent her some prints from rob duanius and then thought he was dead <laughs> i just sent some of him <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's the joke that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh, here we go. I found the post. So, let's see. I'm surprised you found it the way you read things. I just skim over it. I look at pictures. I want to make sure I didn't miss anything that Shannon sent me. I know that's a joke now, Mike, but honestly, he's been this way for years. The amount of times I've told him things and he hasn't read it. <laughs> takes why would, he, why would he read things that you tell him? That- yeah. Because we communicate primarily via text, usually. Oh, don't right, do not. Semantics. Yes. You win this time, Gadget. Mm. Yes. Inspector Gadget. But yeah. Secret Santa was a success. Yes. Good work, everyone. Good work. Um, but yeah, this show is our annual Games of the Year show. I think this is what our fourth year, fifth year doing it. Fourth year. Yeah. That's Crystal's favorite song, isn't it? It is. So it is. Maybe her wedding march. I just gave her a CD for Christmas with just that one. Oh, poor girl. So we're going to go through... And a packet and a packet of toilet roll. We're going to go through our top 10 games of the year. Criteria being anything we played this year, whether it's old or new. That's it. You know what to drill by now. If you've listened to the shows and like Mike, you know what to do. Yeah. Did so you say if you listen to the shows and like Mike? That's what I heard. Unlike. Mm, too late to change what you said. Yeah. So we'll go through in typical fashion. We'll say we'll start at 10, work our way up. Somebody says a game that's uh, number 10 on their list and someone else has it higher. 
We'll wait to talk about that game until it gets to the highest point on the list for anyone across the board. That sounds good. That makes sense. Then we get to the. Oh, by the way, we, me, me, Tom, and Eric have done top ten lists of the game we played. Tom has just done a list of games you've never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you mean Dan? <laughs> what? He said me, Tom, and Eric, and then Tom has done oh, a list Oh, I don't know. Then. Someone, they understand the joke. They <laughs> listened to us before. Ins- move it round where you need to, everyone. <laughs> we just put all the pieces down. You just got to assemble yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, I can't be expected to do everything. Just do something. Here you go, look. Here I am. Is that ASMR again? I don't know, but it turned me is that, on. Is that her back? It's like a person. I I imagine under that beard, Mike, you look very miserable. His eyes look happy. <laughs> I, d- I did say as as they were taking a photo of me, oh, the good thing about the beard is I don't have to smile. <laughs> Bigger question. Why do you have two different shoes on? Because? He does, he does good, that. Good enough answer. I like it. Two different colour Converse. Did you not know it's 2006 all over again? (laughs) That would explain it. I like how Santa on the right has a fag in his hand. Yeah. Nothing nothing says Christmas like a smoking Santa. (laughs) For people who don't know, he means cigarette, not an actual homosexual in his hand. I meant what I said. That Santa hat nearly didn't get on my head. Is it a toddler size? No, it's just because I've got massive hair. Mm. I'm beginning to have this problem as well. You can go to a barber. No, I like having long hair. Me too. Guys, should we start at number 10? That's nah, I think we should nah, start at number... Seven. <laughs> <laughs> go can we start at 52, please? Case in point, we can't do anything serious. Eric, what is your number ten? My number ten was a was a toss up, but I feel like in the moment I have to give it to Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga for the three DS. Yes. I don't know, there was something about that that just re-engaged me, because I was kind of disappointed with the most recent Paper Marios. Um, so to kind of dive back into a true RPG, which is technically the successor to Super Mario RPG, um, super engaging game. And I can't uh, I can't wait for them to do... What's the one they're coming out with? Bowser's Inside Story? Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. They should do them for Switch. I know. They need the dual screen thing. If it's anything like, because I've played yep. Partners in Time quite. Uh, that's the only one of the Mario and Luigi ones I played, and yeah, it uses the dual screen too much. They can it. rejig it. It's Nintendo. They can do anything. Mm, well, didn't they put <laughs> DS games on the Wii U? Did they? Yeah, but that had dual dual screen. Yeah, there was a couple. I can't think what they were. But yeah, but couldn't some... you play it with just both the screens on the main TV? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I didn't buy any. 
Yeah, I mean, we've talked extensively about that on on a different show, but um, it was a toss up between that and a way out. But I don't know. I've not played a way out yet. You can you can play that if only one of you have a copy of it, can't you? You can. It's a can. Can we arrange some time for us to play that? Yeah, I'll play through it again. Awesome. It's I really feel like engaging. that game kind of through... came out and passed everybody by. Well, it's such an engaging concept, though. Too, it's it's basically Prison Break, the video game, where mm. uh, you know you're you're both doing something in different screens. The screen is split down the middle, even if you're playing online with each other, and you can see what that person is doing, but you're very rarely in the same location at the same time. It's a really neat game, but. Um, I had to give it to Superstar Saga because I just it, it was one of those that stood out this year for me. Did you play? If that? it has the same kind of comedy that Mar- the um, Partners in Time has, then I can imagine it's great. Yeah. I should get around to it now. I well, and then they had the they had the side. Um, I can't. They had the Bowser's Minion add on to it as well, which added a bunch more content to it. It was super long too. Oh yeah, <laughs> pervert. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Number 10. Go on, Dan. Me? Dan, go. Now, this one is in under the wire, but number 10 is Beat Server. Oh. See, I thought about putting that on my list, but... Me too. I have it higher. Oh, so we'll oh. wait. Ah. Yeah. Okay, we can't I think it was... It. I mean, for me, it was a fantastic game, but I just... I don't know. There were better games. I can see year. myself playing it a lot in the coming months. I've only had it about three days, but I love it so much. Well, we'll wait to talk about it till we get to Tom. Yes, we will. <laughs> I know. Mike. Mike. My number 10, uh, Florence for mobile. Oh, I nearly had that on my list. Yeah, so uh, for people who don't oh, know... Number one's going to be Ghostbusters World, isn't it? <laughs> oh, Jesus. No, no I, I, give you a no, I give you a no Ghostbusters World guarantee. Um, no, Florence, um, I, I think you guys have mentioned it before. I'd heard it spoken yeah, about online. I played it. Um, it's, it's, only, it's only a few quid or a few dollars if you're in America. Uh, it's like a 45-minute, maybe hour-long experience. Um, it's In some ways, it's not quite a game. It's more like just an interactive experience. But it's very clever in what it does um it's essentially the 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 rise and fall of of a relationship and and picking up the pieces after a relationship is over and i think just the the experience you got from such a short game where you essentially just do these kind of really rudimentary puzzles where you're, you're moving things around um the actual impact of it was was fantastic um I think it won Mobile Game of the Year, didn't it? The Game Awards. Um, yeah, I believe it did. Really mm. deserving. If if you have like a spare hour of time and a couple of quid or a couple of dollars, I I recommend it. The music with it's fantastic too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, play play it with headphones for sure. Yeah, and don't like stop halfway through. You have to play. I think you have to play the whole thing. Yeah, through one go. Yeah, but it's 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 really sad in places, but it's also. It's quite uplifting and empowering in some ways as well. Oh well, yeah, especially if you've been through any sort of breakup or relationship hardship. Exactly, and, and most people have. Not everybody has, but most people have. And I think it's something you can relate to. And I think I think it was just very well done. And for for a neat little mobile experience, it was yeah. It just it left an impact on me, to be honest. Nice. 
No. Tom, what's your number 10? Uh, my number 10 is Life is Strange Before the Storm. Mm, I have actually uh, heard of that. That's well yeah. done, one, right? Yeah. It is the prequel to uh, the first five episodes of Life is Strange. So it would make almost no sense if you started with this one. But uh, it kind of tells the story of Chloe, who's one of the, one of the main characters from Life is Strange, uh, prior to the events of that game. Um, I don't know. It's just It just ties a lot of loose ends as to there's a lot of foreshadowing that's cast in the first game and um the music actually is what really managed to get it on my list because it's 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 just more life is strange it's really it's really i'd say more of an add-on rather than a whole standalone game but the soundtrack is from a band uh, a british band called daughter who i'd never heard of before but they actually i've started listening to them quite a lot lately because the music in that game is fantastic it just suits the mood really well um a lot of teenage angst and all this kind of stuff that Life is Strange is kind of known for, sometimes ridiculed for, but um, it seems to work pretty well in this context. But um, yeah, it's just a really, really solid game, I think. Uh, I quite like the series. The, the second Life is Strange is out now. I think there's some new characters they're bringing, they're bringing to, uh, to the roster. Did but, you uh, get that um, free experience called the Captain Spirit one? Um, what about I don't think I did. So before the first episode of Before the Storm, I've not played any Life is Strange. Just just to clarify, okay. but before 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 the storm um, came out, they released a free short game that's in the style of Life is Strange. Um, it's the Adventures of Captain Spirit, I think it's called, and it's kind of a, a, a like it, it happens before before the storm. And oh. apparently, from what I've heard, the next episode that's about to come out, you you end up it ends up linking to this Captain Spirit thing. But Captain Spirit is free, Tom. So have a look on PSN. Oh, amazing! Yeah, I've just had yeah. to look now. It looks brilliant. Yeah, um, but apparently, it links it links up in the next episode. That would make sense because that character that I've just seen in a screenshot here looks uh, looks like the main the main guy from the next one. So I'll definitely check so, that out. Yeah, thanks. Might be worth playing before the next episode comes out. Yeah. So that's my number ten. Eric, number nine. Number nine. This is absolutely going to be higher on somebody else's list, but I just <laughs> finished it last week. Uh, the Messenger. Yeah, it's higher. It's a little <laughs> bit higher on mine. Yeah, it's also my number nine. Ooh. Oh. Oh, I expected that higher for you, Dan. High five, I, Mr. Curtis. I loved. I loved it, but I've played better. I'll okay. share my thoughts on it when we get to Mike's number one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is it me? Uh, no, it's Dan. Yeah, his number nine is Messenger, so... Remember oh, yeah. we just had that conversation a second ago. Yeah, you, you high-fived yeah. me and everything. <laughs> I wasn't listening! <laughs> <laughs> I'll high-five to that thing I don't know I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> <laughs> so, my number nine was uh, Resident Evil 7. VR mode or regular mode? Right, well, well, this is the thing. This is the... This could have been higher... Um, were I able to play through it in VR, but the this, the weird thing about Resident Evil Seven in VR is it proper made me motion sick. Now I can play Wipeout VR absolutely fine. 
more good. But walking through corridors in Resident Evil 7, I don't know what it is, makes me want to hurl. It took me a long time messing with the the settings in there because they they give you a lot of control over field of vision and you can get grid lines and depth of view and, and motion blur and all of that stuff. It took me a long time to iron it out to the point where I didn't get sick walking. But yeah, I definitely understand what you're talking about with that. It's 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 logical though if you think about it, the sickness from walking because you're not actually walking so it feels alien to you because you're well, so yeah, in it. There's that yeah. disconnect in your brain, like your your yeah. brain is telling you I should be feeling this, but I'm not. So your equilibrium is off. I remember the first time I played any VR game that gave me that it was um, some junkyard something on on uh, the Oculus and Golf. or no, not the Oculus, the HTC Vive, and all it was was. A, a, an online shooter where you're on a platform that can just move in lateral directions, no up or down, and I had to take it off. I got so sick. Oh my god! My first, sorry to uh, deviate here, just my first VR experience on the PSVR was uh, on a, on the demo disc. There was some kind of, I think it's called Star Child or something, uh, side-scrolling platformer. I felt so sick during that. Yeah. It was same as you, like the lateral I get a, movement. I get a little yeah. bit of it with Astrobot because you're just static, and then the camera will move. Um, oh, really? It, See, I've had no issues at all. Well, Astrobot. I stand up playing it. Yeah, I don't know why. Because it tells you to. It doesn't. <laughs> but anyway, back to Resident <laughs> Evil. Um, yeah. What a terrifying game. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, it. I've always been a big fan of Resident Evil. Um, Resident Evil Two is probably one of the most important well it's it's on a list of the most important games from my childhood playing playstation early on yeah. um this has a special place in my heart that game um obviously over the years resident evil became a bit different i mean i i loved four five i was kind of on the fence on then six came out and six was the first game i'd pre-ordered in years because i was so excited about it it seemed um it seemed ah, like it's kind giraffe, of going back the to giraffe floor job game yeah <laughs> that's exactly you, that's what and lured him in and the entire game was such a huge disappointment. So when the trailers for Resident Evil 7 came out and they'd gone to the first person, it was kind of back to the roots where you were just in... Because it was like the mansion again. You know, you were in that just enclosed area. Um, and yeah, it's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Um, it really felt like an old-school Resident Evil game despite the view perspective. Um, if I had some criticisms, um, when you get close to when you get sort of two-thirds through it it starts to get that ridiculous resident evil zaniness and although yeah. that's great great in a way because it returns the series to what it was it kind of makes the fir- it, it feels very disjointed to the first bit yeah but it wouldn't be a resident evil game without ridiculousness yeah yeah i, I get that but you know, because just, if you think about the original resident evil games they kind of have that same formula as well where you're dropped into the city and you're like i don't know what the hell is going on and yeah suspension of disbelief with zombies and liquors but then like two-thirds of the way through you discover this mutant virus and and mr x and all this you know nemesis bs that pop in stars i get that i get that but it i don't want to say anything without too many spoilers for people um a bit later on, you end up finding this boat, basically. I'm not going to ruin anything else. Um, and You've kind of... ruined it, you fool! <laughs> and you, you, you end up kind of, after you leave the house, you kind of go to this boat and you end up getting all these flashbacks of things that are happening. And it just felt very, very disjointed compared to the beginning. And I th- mm. it could have been higher on the list, but How long it was still great, though. It? I enjoyed it. 
I I don't know how far through I am. I had to put it down. Uh, I, it's the first game in a long time that was genuinely scary enough that I just feel like I couldn't finish it. Oh I, I love horror games, so it was great for me. I loved it. It was terrifying. I loved it. Me and Hazel played through it together. Um, I lost count of the amount of time she screamed. It's not a very long game. Um, I can't say how many hours I put in, but it definitely wasn't very long. I think it definitely put VR firmly on the map, though, as a viable way to play a true AAA title. Yeah. yeah. Because well, I bought VR... Point, I've I bought VR specifically for to, for me to play Resident Evil Seven on. So when it made me motion sick, I, I was a bit disappointed. But I actually said to Hazel, "I want to get VR because I want to play through Resident Evil Seven on VR." Because I got it on offer. I got the gold edition on offer on PSN, oh. and I didn't start it up until my VR got here. Maybe try it again, Mike, and tweak the settings a bit and see if you can yeah. Yeah, edit it. And I've played a lot more VR now, so I might have my sea yeah. legs. I think it was yeah. VR. You have to get your VR legs. Mm. <laughs> Like it affects other some people but worse than others. Like I haven't had much problem with it to be honest. There's been mm. a couple of times where I went, Wah. but other than that, I have never felt really sick playing. VR. Wait until you play Wipeout Omega and go <laughs> through uh, some of the tracks that have loops and massive dips and wide corners. It see, I don't have a problem oh. with Wipeout. So yeah, I bought I've played, that offer. I've played um, games where you're in rigs and you can jump around and things and all over, and like fly spaceships and all that kind of stuff, and I'm fine. So I don't know. Mm. And that's like up, down, all over the place. Wipeout's a different, different category. <laughs> we'll have you give it a go. Oh, excellent. I really <laughs> want to feel ill on holiday. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> make sure that you have two or three shots of vodka before you jump in. And then you can have an Alcatraza. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Alka Seltzer afterwards. No, we'll be in it's, Arizona. F- it's fine. The one from London will kick in when I hit American soil. I firmly <laughs> believe this. Oh, you're gonna feel like a million bucks. It's despite have- it being, despite it going to be past midnight when we'll be leaving the airport, I will be still a bundle of energy. Yeah. And then Tom and I will be there to. Pick in other you words, up in the our- opposite of when <laughs> I went to London because I was dead. But at least you'll be happy to come here. Yes. Is this will, this will be your first time in the states, right? Yeah, I've never been. Ever. And you, Mike? Yeah, first time. Oh, man. Oh, shit. Only, only place I've been to that side of the world was Mexico for a honeymoon. America's very different. Oh, yeah, obviously. Uh, okay, Tom, you're number seven. Oh, I'm sorry, number... Nine. 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 Um, it is Wolfenstein, The New Order. Oh, good shout. Yeah. So I've not actually really played a Wolfenstein game before. I think Tom, before you carry page. on, yeah. I am currently playing this, so just go easy on the spoilers for me. Please. Oh, yeah, no, I, I have purchased I it, but cool. not opened Thank it. Thank you. I think, actually, we should probably just say now that we we should try not to spoil anything that we uh, we talk about yeah. Oh yeah. on this. Uh, but, yeah, I I, uh, I mean, I think everyone knows the maybe the general uh, format of um, Wolfenstein. It's like an alternate history where, like, the Nazi, if the Nazis have won the war... And then it's kind of a, a modern take of of trying to combat Nazis in the modern day. So it's like it's it's really really cool. And I just there's something about the environment in this game that really like just works beautifully. Where you just it's even just little um, just little symbolic things and hints around the environment that you see that just reflect the it story. It does have very a lot well. of attention to detail. It? Yeah, the details. It's, it's really a very sharp. it's a very believable world. Yes, I think. That's, like That's even though I'm it's an alternate for. environment universe, or, sorry, it's yeah, I I got firmly invested in it. Yeah, so there's just something. About it. it was more than just 
that's why it's in my list really because it was more than just a, a regular fps because it really focused on the, the details and the story element yeah. um it's weirdly the first couple of levels are weirdly difficult it seems to it's quite a, a tricky bit. game actually it is i was literally yeah. about to ask if you have any trouble with it because i i mean i'm terrible at first person shooters anyway the main reason i wanted to play this is because of that story element and the detail it puts in and also i'm shit at first person shooters so i wanted to get better at them yeah um i a few levels in i am not you know i'm not too proud to admit i've had to drop the difficulty down slightly yeah well you've actually probably put yourself in the deep end <laughs> because this is definitely a, a slightly harder yeah first person shooter than your regular one i think than you then you call a g's um but honestly it's re- it's really really good i hope you see i hope you manage to see it through to the end because it's it's a really cool narrative and uh have you played the second yeah i have not i've not even I've not played the second i've played old blood um uh, get the second that's all i'll say it's better well, did you guys play um, Return to Castle Wolfenstein on the original Xbox? That is actually I... included on Wolfenstein. Oh man, you got to play through that game. That is the game that got me into online gaming. Which one is it included with, Dan? Uh, I think it's on both of them. I think it, or it might be an alternate kind of version of it, or something. Okay. You can play okay. it on like an arcade machine. <sighs> well, no, you're thinking of like the really old. Oh yeah. No, I'm talking about the one that was on Xbox. Some of the one of the cool things with uh, the New Order is like in that first level, there's like a, a like a really big decision that you make at the end, which completely changes the entire story of what's about to happen. So that's pretty. So I think there's actually more than one way you can play the whole game. That's all I said. Yeah, I got that. that. I got I got that impression too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, that scene is brutal. Yeah, uh, yeah, there's yeah. <laughs> some really actually there's some really brutal scenes in the whole game. It's it's really uh grisly. It is a series that I've wanted to finish. Um actually in looking at it, I have started this one. I have not even opened the second one. Oh, so <laughs> how shocking. Well, I got it on Black Friday for 15 bucks along with like that seven other you, games. You don't have to not play it. Well, I'm not going to open it till I'm ready to play it. Well, See Kingdom played. Hearts 2. <laughs> <laughs> Building up to it. What if, you've, Eric, what if you come eight? to find out that my number one is Kingdom Hearts 2 and I actually played through it? Yeah, that's not going to happen. I wouldn't be able to keep that joke. Nah. No. Um, my number eight is also going to be much higher on somebody else's list, I assume, and it is Celeste. Yep. Yeah, I've got it higher. <laughs> Figured as much. I'm glad to see it's on your list, though, Eric. Yeah. No, you and I had a Proud great show with that one, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah. Daniel? It is. Yeah. Yes. Number eight, I don't think any of you played this, Dead Cells. Oh, yeah, you no. talked a lot about that one. Yeah, it's Dead Cells has become my go-to kind of game when I don't have much time and I just want to do a quick run of a game. So I, when it first came out, I'd say I played it solidly for about a month. If you don't know what Dead Cells is, it's kind of a mix between Metroidvania and Roguevania, so it's procedurally generated levels with a a clear goal but there's so many weapons there's so many different types of enemies there's so many power-ups and you get you also have this kind of rpg system where you upgrade your abilities and things like that and it's just it's just such a fun game i really like really good one to pick up and play yeah it's what did you play it on ps4 or switch ps4 ps4 is it on it's on switch isn't it it is on switch but apparently it had frame rate issues so i went for Uh... ps4 Oh, really? Because I was about yeah. to say, I heard that it was kind of the definitive way to play it. 
No, when it first came out, it had frame rate issues, so I went PS4. Mm. But they might have patched, patched it. it. Yeah, I saw a trailer for this, and I was like, "That's totally my kind of game," as you know. Mm. And I just, I just had to play it. They put Metroidvania really, on really, really, really highly recommended. I, it would probably be higher if there wasn't so many other stellar games this year. Well, yeah. well unfortunately, I want to jump that- in. What unfortunately put that game more on the map was the plagiarized review from IGN. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course, I forgot about this. Whatever happened uh, to that guy? Uh, he's back. Know. He's back making YouTube videos again. Oh, I harassed him on Twitter once. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Mike. <laughs> what harassing? I saw him in somebody on social media. <laughs> Literally days after it happened, I saw um I saw a meme that said something like, "Oh, I've been accused of plagiarism." Their words, not mine, and I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I shared it on Twitter once I did Did you see IGN's review of Borderlands <laughs> VR recently as well? No. Oh, that's been a yes, huge fuck up as well. Yes, the guy hadn't played it, right? Yeah, he no, basically, no. Play, basically played it and done an Eric. I'm pretty convinced it is Eric who did the review. Oh, he didn't and, know that you could do a certain setting. Yeah, and he thought he was playing. it was terrible because of the way he was playing it, but Borderlands VR gives you so many options to customise how you play it, and he didn't even look at these. <laughs> Give yeah. it like gave three, it out, 3 out of 10. 3 out of 10. Wow. Well, they've gone back and and changed it Read. to 6.8. Yeah. Yeah, but it's just the cherry on the top of a bad year for IGN. But the <laughs> the guy who did it, um, he wasn't. Uh, you know, like how they outsource the reviews to independent people. Sometimes he was one of those. So I doubt he's going to get any IGN work ever again. Yeah. yeah. Good. Huh. Good effort, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Good I want to jump on Dead Cells at some point this year. Yeah, I heartily recommend it. It's just a lot of fun, like I said, to pick up and play when you've got about <clears> twenty minutes. Because nine times out yeah. of ten, you'll probably die. Maybe I next think I finished. Mike. I think I finished it three times in all the times I've played it. Because <laughs> you have to get through to the end, otherwise it resets. So, like uh, Binding of Isaac. Yes, yeah. Binding Isaac. Binding was, of Isaac was, was my go-to pick up and play game. You see, Dead Cells has replaced it. Mike, you're number eight. Uh, I'm going to imagine this is higher on at least Tom's, but uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh. Oh, yeah. What number is that? Eight. It is also my eight as well. Ah. Oh, sweet. (laughs) Yeah. I do not have it on, so you're good. Yeah, neither do I. Um, I mean, this is probably the same reason. I mean, it's one of Tom's favorite games for one, but I I, I think a lot of these reasons will be the same as me, where, you know, we played through this and we made the stark observations about how much it actually relates more to the modern world now than it did back when it was created. Well, it's definitely yeah. interesting to play it as as an adult who who's now in the adult world. When I first played it as a kid, I'm like, well, I don't understand any of this shit. You look at it now, you're like, okay, I, I see this, I understand it. And you know, like, you, like we talked about on the show, it was kind of prophetic for what was to come. And we talked a mother frigging David Hater. Yeah, that Ooh. as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think that for me that really amplified it. <laughs> definitely having David. I mean, that's got to be cool though to like talk to talk to the voice actor of your favorite game. Yeah, it was just that. That's why it had to be on my list, and it was just that really kicked off the year amazingly. And that was our um, first show of the yeah. year, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah, because I, I was I, so I, nervous, man. So yeah. nervous. <laughs> You can kind of tell with all of us, really, we've kind of yeah. been really well, well mannered. <laughs> I just went back and listened to that show recently, though, and it was it was great. I mean, you know, it yeah, was me our too. most sensible show we've ever done. 
Yeah, we had to dial it back. We almost asked him if he sat or stood for wiping and decided not to. <laughs> Maybe on the Metal Gear Solid 3 episode. Yeah. He did say he would come back. Hopefully that wasn't just a courtesy. Yeah. I think, um, he, I think he seemed to have a good time. He was very forthcoming with his answers and things. Yeah. So He seemed very comfortable. Well, well we're a comfortable bunch. Yeah. But um, yeah, even just, even all that aside... Um, the actual gameplay of Metal Gear Solid 2, man, it holds up. Metal Gear Solid 2 is one of those games back from when we were younger and we used to have so much time and used to replay games over and over and over and over. I I was on about Resident Evil 2 earlier. The amount of times I played through Resident Evil 2, um, MGS and MGS 2 are are up there as well with games I used to just replay all the time. And I was a bit concerned that I'd be a bit bored playing through it because of how well I knew it. But, you know, I know that game like the back of my hand, and it was still just an absolute blast to play. It really was. And I had much bigger appreciation for the actual story. I actually understood the story this time as well as an adult. And, yeah, it it still blew me away how great that game was. And I know I played the HD collection version, but, man, that looks so good on PS2. Still. Oh, yeah. It really yeah. does. It, That's the, it was a great, well. stunning game for the time. It really yeah. was. Like, I really want to play Twin Snakes on GameCube. Oh, it's so good. With Metal Gear Solid yeah. 1 and Metal Gear Solid 2 mechanics, that, that would be fantastic. Yeah. I, I, I can't believe that, that game year. has not been ported to anything yet. Like, what is what is going on? Like, licensing issues, isn't it? Uh, probably. Maybe. Twin Snakes adds some weird But if they stuff, can get though. Snake in Smash Brothers, surely they can get that out. I actually started Twin Snakes this year, but it's um it's got some like Eric said some weird uh bits that they've added or removed. What, like a lot first... of slow motion karate. Like he does a yeah. backflip off of a, a <laughs> missile from a hind D in Matrix mode. The <laughs> the, the worst weird. thing about it actually is, is this they, they go prophecy or Metal Gear Solid. They what haven't used the original music on the on the on Twin Snakes. Which is shocking because the music is so iconic. Obviously, from oh, I didn't uh, even notice that. Like any of the music, uh, there's some like remix variations. They had a little to bit recall, like record all the dialogue again, didn't they? Because they lost yeah. the sound files. Yeah, but the no, do you still David good. Hay- David Hayter told us on the actual episode, Dan. Do you not remember? It was because of the um, how they recorded the PS One. Oh, it wasn't ones. good. Enough was in, was in like a house, and when they put it onto the sound chip for the GameCube, you were hearing all the traffic. Stuff. Yeah, all the traffic and stuff in the background. Yeah, yeah. it's like being in Tom's flat. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think you made that joke on the show. Yeah, <laughs> did you did. <laughs> all comes full circle, guys. I remembered that totally. <laughs> we just lay down the chips, and then they just fall into place. Yeah. So I'll be curious Eric to see what you think about the rest of Twin Snakes, seven. but. Number seven for yeah. me. Hold on, I gotta open it up. Uh, my first VR game on my list, Moss. Ah, I've bought this, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, same. Tell you what. It yet. Until Astrobot VR, Moss was the best VR game I've ever played, and it's still it's still up there. If you if you're looking for a reason to buy VR, I think Moss is is a great reason to. Um, it's such a unique concept, and it, for me at least, it showed that you could do a platforming game in VR successfully. Uh, you know, you're kind of this disembodied head, and you're you, or you're this spirit or this god looking down and guiding Quill through these different scenes. But what's so engaging about it is that the entire game looks like a gigantic diorama. 
where you can move your head around and see different aspects of things, but you're down at the level of a mouse and you've got this big <laughs> colossal world around you that you're you're helping the mouse manipulate. And the combat's not super deep, but just the puzzle aspect of it mixed with um, mixed with the the combat and the different scenery, it just really kind of put VR on the map for me. Like, okay, I can I can enjoy this and I can spend forty five minutes or an hour plugged into this game. Yeah, I had similar yeah. experience with Astrobot, but might get to that later. Yeah, Astrobot's on a different level, um, but but Moss is just in, it, it's incredible to look at because the level of detail on such a a tiny little set. You know, you you look at this music box from a, a, a huge human perspective, you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of tiny. But they pull you into this game, and you see this this the the, the detail within. You know, all the stuff inside of it. And you can move the mouse mm. around through it, and it's so cool. It's such oh, a nice. neat game. Um, I wanted to I'm wait. Looking forward to playing. Yeah, it's not long. It's maybe four hours, maybe. Oh, but you know, I wanted to wait for a physical copy of it, but you know, it wasn't out at the time, so um, it's expensive. I think thirty dollars is a little much for the experience, but but still, I only got it for fifteen quid. So it, there you go. It, it came with my uh, VR pack, so I want to get around oh, to it. I think I'm going to play that first before Astrobot. I would. I definitely would play that before Astrobot. Yeah. Because it kind of shows you, okay, here's how platforming can work. You know, it doesn't, the, the camera angles are all static and, um, you know, the it, it's just super mm-hmm. neat. I don't want to spoil anything. It's just super neat. Yeah. Awesome. Dan, you're number seven. You and Tom aren't going to like this. Hollow yeah. Knight. Ugh. <laughs> I, uh, Is that higher on, on your Tell list, us. Mike? No, I I'm kind of in the same boat as you and tom no i i gave it a go i started playing it after i played messenger uh more on that later um but it felt compared to the messenger it felt so slow i think it's a game i'm gonna need to get back to i think just in relation to the messenger it was just too slow and too dark and not enough going on for me comparatively so i think i need to give it another go i picked it up for me for me it kind of played like uh, 2D kind of Dark Souls with Metroidvania elements, which is just mm. my bag entirely. And I loved the world. I loved the storytelling. I loved the the upgrades you get, the exploration. There's so much to find in it. It's a game you have to invest your time in. And I think that's part of the problem people will have. Mm. But I played a lot of it when I was on the go, I think, on Switch, like when I was away and things like that. And it was just a great game to play. See, Dan, I'm kind of in the same boat as you, though, where, like, I love a 2D side-scrolling Dark Souls, like Salt and Sanctuary. That was totally my jam. So I was looking forward to getting into this, and it, the, the world just did not grab me. And Metroidvania games are always kind of a hard sell for me anyway. It's just not my jam. So, you know, that kind of, the cards were already kind of stacked against it. But it just, there was something about it, I can't quite put my finger on it, but I just couldn't get into it. It's not for everybody. I felt similar, and I, I tried extra hard to like get into it because my brother's put about sixty hours into it, and mm. he hasn't played a video game for years. And he said that Hollow Knight was what got him back into games. So it's obviously a really fucking good game, but I just couldn't. Um, I couldn't invest in it as much. I, I, there was something I wasn't grabbing. It's also very difficult, and I 
I think that's part of the problem at the start. Yeah. It is there's a steep learning curve with it. Yeah, and if you've it, been I playing something like, like the Messenger, little... which you can blitz through, it's going to be tricky. I felt like Hollow Knight kind of just threw you in, had very little direction. Yeah, that, that's, that's the Dark true. Souls element of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, I'll give I'll... it another go at some point. Yeah, it's like I say, it's a game you have to invest the time in. But if you do so, I think you'll enjoy it a lot. Mike, your number seven. My number seven is The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Ooh, oh, nice. So, so this was the last 3D Zelda from them I had yet to play. I can't get my words out. It's the last 3D Zelda that I hadn't played. Um, Have you played Skyward Sword? Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> um, oh, man, it's so good. I need to play that. Look, the, the thing with Skyward Sword... Not to go off on too much of a tangent. It is a good game, but standing up next to the other Zeldas, it's not It's not great. It is. Another uh, Zelda side note. I, I took my Switch up to show my brother-in-law uh, Breath of the Wild, and I, I had him start a new game, and I got the itch to play it again. I just don't know if I have 70 hours to dump into yeah. it again. I think I put up 90 plus when I I didn't. tried to load up my original I've kind of been game. waiting for it to be reduced for Switch and it just never is. So it won't be. I tried yeah. to load up my other game and play through it and it's just, there's too much that I've done that I just can't wrap my head around where I'm at and what I need to do and I would just want to start over. But anyway, back to Majora's Mask. Yeah, that's fine. Um yeah, so I hadn't played it. Um obviously Eric very nicely bought me that uh, Zelda 2DS for my birthday. Thank you. The again. one that doesn't um, work in. Uh... <laughs> yeah, the one that was originally region locked. Um, yeah. And me and Eric both said, oh, the first game I have to play is going to have to be a Zelda game. And I was like, well, you know, I was not pushing for Link Mask. Between Worlds, but I guess I'll settle for Majora's yeah, Mask. Well, well I've, I've bought it. I've just not played it yet. Um, it would have made your list this year for sure. The. <laughs> The uprising yeah, from the, plot obviously at the end is just superb. <laughs> Shut up. So, so <laughs> obviously the graphics look much better from the N sixty four version, and um, this for a Zelda game, man, this thing is dark. It's real um, dark. And do you know what they? It was brave of Nintendo to come off what is highly is often regarded as one of the greatest games of all time to come out with what is essentially a sequel i know it isn't technically but it is essentially a sequel um and put in the whole three-day mechanic which i've heard has you know put a lot of people off originally um, well, look, at what it, look at what a lot of companies do when they find a, a a new ip and a new formula that works they just milk it so yeah. i think everybody was expecting all right the next zelda is just going to be another ocarina of time and they came out and went nah here's this yeah and it's just I went in there blind. I, I knew there was the whole thing about the whole three days. I know it repeats, and, and a lot of people got pissed off with it because you'd do things and realize you haven't saved, and, and you'd lose all your progress, and you'd have to do dungeons again and things like that. Um, but I found the entire thing absolutely enthralling and intriguing. Um, even in the first, um, in Clock Town, the very first town, like the idea that. Oh, you find you buy a lottery ticket, and then that night you find out the lottery ticket number, so that when you go back on the three days, you can then buy that ticket number and get that. Like that, that was so interesting. Even just a little mechanic like that. Um, and then when you're going through the dungeons, you know, when you know you're getting close to your time ending to go back to the beginning of the three days, you 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 feel that anxiety of um, 
you know, you need to quickly get through it. I need to figure this out now. Um, have yeah, I done this Yeah, you start rushing and yet? making mistakes, like things you wouldn't yeah. normally do. Mm. Yeah, but it was great. Uh, and I, I just, yeah, absolutely loved it. Um, I, it's not better than Ocarina of Time, um, but I also think it's so different that you can't really compare the two. Um, well, I, I remember when this came out, my group of friends, we didn't know what to make of it because, first of all, you had to have the jumper pack, which very few of us actually had. And then it just didn't have that same... At the time, it just didn't have that same wow factor as Ocarina of Time because I think for us at that time, I was, what, 14, maybe? Urban, mm. No, urban not golf, even. Urban golf, urban golf, urban golf. <laughs> I was too invested in my urban golf career. <laughs> The the three day mechanic just hadn't been done before, and it was just too, it was too much for me at the time to wrap my head around, and and I think it was just one of those games that I I needed to wait to be a little older. Fundamental to mechanics of video games, baffling Eric Peterson. Wow, how but times have changed. I will say this though, I'm glad I waited until I was an adult to play it. Like I wish I hadn't waited this long, but um, I'm glad I didn't play it as a kid because I think it would have put me off and I think my opinion of it always would have been all that shit. So do you think... So you played it on, on one of the new 2DS XLs that had the C-Stick, which of course was beneficial Oh yeah, in this that game. helped as well. Yeah, that yeah. helped. Because that's like, the, I, the first game I played on my 3D... I have the, actually the Majora's Mask version of the 3DS XL and I don't think I would have enjoyed that game as much without that. I mean, I played through... I, I finally completed Ocarina of Time only a couple of years ago. Um, and I played it on the Wii U, and obviously that didn't have the two analog stick um, controls. Um, it was still just like playing the N64 version, and it it did ruin the experience for me in a way, so I'm so glad that I played Majora's Mask with the C-Stick. I can't remember games. if the Legend of Zelda, or if the Ocarina of Time 3DS remake um, uses the C-Stick. To Google! <laughs> nope, I'm just reading here. It says it doesn't. Uh, oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Majora's Mask Mike is one of those games I've tried a couple of times but never finished. I've and never tried it's it. It's one I really, I really want to do properly. I think it's Actually, one I think of those. I, I think it's because I've emulated it and it's really hard to control on the laptop. There's two. You ways. have a 3DS, right? I do. Yes. Yeah, get it. Pick it up on there, dude. It's. I mean, I know you don't because you've got standard 3DS, right? So you want yes. the C stick. Yeah, I think you'll still enjoy it without the C stick. Um, but I pick it up on there. I think you'll enjoy it, Tom. I think there's two different ways to play through it, though. And yeah, there there's go in blind and just try to figure it out yourself, or if you want full 100 percent enjoying enjoyment of it, play through it with a guide so you can see all of the neat mechanics that have been put in. Because over the years, people have obviously discovered, hey, here's all the here's all of this stuff. Uh, yeah. you know here's how to follow this quest line and this quest line and do this to get that and it's really yeah. complex like some of the shit i would never have figured out just playing through on my own yeah it's genuinely difficult wow. to figure the entire thing out and i am not too proud to admit that most zelda games i've played at some point i've consulted a guide just to, if i've got somewhere i'm stuck and most of the time it's usually because i've not looked properly like something will be on a ceiling i've not bothered looking around the room or something like that but there were certain parts of Majora's Mask where I genuinely just got stumped and I had to quickly reference a guide to do it. Um, and then also there's a uh, there's a bit at the end where if you manage to collect all of the masks in the game, you get like a bonus thing at the end. And I was getting mm. close to the end and I was like, you know what, I actually want to do that because I want to see it. So I did. And then after I actually finished playing it, I went back and looked at all of the things I could have done 
throughout with the three days and all these extra bits that you wouldn't necessarily figure out or without delving really really deep into the rabbit hole of, of things you can do um and it's so interesting it's so cleverly made it really is the Where do you think it's stands? always going to be divisive though like for example in lightning returns final fantasy 13 3 i kind of didn't like it that much but i could see why they put it in it's it just makes it tricky Apparently Majora's Mask is the saddest Zelda ever made. It is. Um, I really like Skull Kid. I think he's a, a yeah. fantastic villain. Hmm. Would you really it's... call him that? Yeah, well, he, well, let's not spoil things. But um, about being sad, yeah, so you, you have the three days, and when you get to the third day and you speak to a lot of the NPCs, they're each day like the 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 things they say the dialogue changes anyway but when you get to the third day and obviously the end of the world is impending and and the moon is getting closer and everyone knows it's happening you know you speak to people and and people like oh this is the last day or they're really upset or they they huddle with loved ones and things like that and it is it's so dark mike where do you think this stands in the pantheon of zelda games for you See, I'm, I, it could be because I've just played it, but I think for me, possibly third, Breath of the Wild, Ocarina, Majora's Mask. Ooh, See, now, do you rate a good plot twist at the end, like on Link Between Worlds? I've not played it, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> do you think? Do you judge Zelda games like all in one list, or do you think that they need to exist in a 3D and a 2D list? See, I've only played Link's Awakening. It's the only 2D one I've done. So, well, that's the best. They're all done. Well, yeah. Well, there. I didn't. Well, funny that I, I instantly didn't even include that, did I? I don't know. Minish Cap was pretty good. Minish oh, Cap was it. Do, I, do I prefer Wind Waker to Ocarina, actually? I don't know. I'd, I'd have to sit and think about which ones I prefer. But yeah. Breath of the Wild is definitely top. Um, but Majora's Mask would definitely be in the top three or four, I think. Interesting. Hmm. Tom, I think you would enjoy it. It's right up your alley. It's quirky and weird. <laughs> Sounds good. Speaking of which, Tom, what's your number seven? Here comes My number seven game. is a game you've all heard of, I'm sure. It's called Little Red Lie. Oh, is oh, that yeah. from Will? Um, <laughs> the, the it's guy from that Will O'Neill. Yeah, the guy that made yeah. uh, Eternal Sunshine. Uh, uh, he made Actual Sunlight. That's what it was. I'm thinking about <laughs> the Eternal Sunshine. Close. <laughs> close. I was close. I had something about the sun. Your and... sun yeah. I heard he uh, patented Sunny Delight. <laughs> oh God! It's uh, <laughs> what did I play this on? I played this on on PC actually. Um, because I didn't want to wait for the Vita version, which eventually came around, I think. Uh, it is a sort of top-down, pixel-arty uh, RPG. I, I'd say, yeah, RPG is kind of stretching it a bit. It's more of an experience. Um, but it's really a game about the, like, today's society, really. Like, the middle class and financial inequality. And it kind of, like, just... It's it's quite a serious game. Um, you there's like two different players. Uh, the first one is this uh, woman called Sarah, who's like a who's just working like a kind of office job and pretty unhappy. And then there's this guy called Arthur, who's um, like a total arsehole. Like um, he's a motivational speaker and he's like a really rich guy and he doesn't care about anybody. He just cares about making loads of money. So that you play these two contrasting players uh throughout the game um but it's just the writing is amazing it's it's a bit it's pretty uh hard hitting but it's pretty relevant to 
today's like millennials today like generation rent not being able to afford to buy homes blah blah, blah. Uh, it's just a it's just a kind of good commentary on today's like society and, and, and especially for people aged between kind of 20 and 35 well i think will o'neill has a really yeah. good beat on the the pulse of of that type of commentary you know when we had him on our show talking yeah. about um the concept of of suicide and depression and things like that it's just really engaging to yeah. listen to his thought process behind why he developed the game in the way he did yeah yeah, definitely. He's he's kind of like you say, his, his uh, fingers definitely on the pulse of uh, what is what is wrong in uh, in today's world and where where our efforts are being focused where they shouldn't be. And it's neat um, to see somebody take a non satirical approach to it as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a, it's an actual genuine like. Here's just how it is. I mean, let's not sugarcoat anything. This is just mm-hmm. here. You go. This is a real life scenario. Yeah, yeah. It, that's exactly right. It's it's very hard hitting, and it's. It's like it's just constantly reminding you in the game. Just don't don't lie to yourself. This is the way things are, mm-hmm. and this is what you know. It it's kind of just paints that pretty ugly picture for you, and well, you can discern from yourself what you think of it. You know, like you said, you called it generation rent and things like that. But we also mm. are kind of starting to live in a live in a world where people like things sugarcoated. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm-hmm. the hard truths people don't generally like to face. Um, Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's cool to see stuff like that. It's it's one I completely forgot about. I know we had it on our list. He talked yeah. about it when he was on our show that it was coming out, I don't know, like yeah. six or seven months later, and I just think kind of fell off our map. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean you can pick it up for a few quid or a few dollars on the iOS or Android. Um and it is a couple of hours at best, I suppose, long. So okay. I, I would really recommend it if if that's your jam, if you're into those kind of like small narratives about Something pretty, pretty tough pills to swallow, but it's a, uh, it's a you really good one. You said it's on iOS. It is, yes. I'm gonna look it up right now. See how much it is. Might be four or five bucks. One million dollars. Just don't <laughs> yeah. type in Eternal Sunshine. That's the wrong thing. I'll get a movie. <laughs> it's four ninety nine. Nice. Four nine nine. All right, on to number six. That would be me. Number six, <laughs> Astrobot VR. Hiya. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this game. <laughs> I cannot sealed. wait. It's still sealed on my shelf. Keep it sealed. Yeah, yeah me too, actually. Well, <laughs> secondhand version of sealed. I hate you all. What the hell does secondhand version of sealed when, mean? When they when, put the when sticky you, label when you over buy, the... Yeah, when you buy pre-owned at game, they, they put a sticky label over it so that, like... If you take it back and it's been opened, they'll only do a trade-in. But if it's still sealed, they'll do a refund. See, GameStop's different where you have seven days to return it. So we, when I worked there, we had people that would be back every seven days returning their games that they had beaten, just abusing the system. Makes sense. Time to do it. Yeah. That would be me if I was in America. <laughs> so yeah, Dan would take advantage of that. Speaking of Dan, number, what's your number six? My number no. six... What is... about number th- who's number who's uh oh yeah number six that we're on six times <laughs> Eric just did it is interstellar power plant simulator dead space oh, I thought you're gonna go Dino Crisis two <laughs> it, it is higher on my list oh dead space yeah it's higher it's not even on my good. list yeah it should have been but 
It's not on mine either. I'm, Michael, I'm, number six. Number six. Now, I know we said about not spoiling games, but this one has been spoiled on the show before. So when I say the name, I'll leave it up to you guys if you want me to kind of speak about spoilers. Uh, number six was Undertale. Ah. Oh, nice. So Didn't this you has go through hating, not liking this very much, then you loved it. Yes, exactly. So, um, do do you guys think it's alright to spoil it? We, you guys spoiled it. I we wouldn't did on the spoil show, it. So. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll be very careful with what I say. So, unlike you three, obviously slow paced kind of RPG kind of gaming. I know it's not really an RPG, so to speak. Um, doesn't blow my skirt up as much as it does for you three. And um, <laughs> <What a> loser. <laughs> Uh, no, I enjoy them, but like I don't, you know, it doesn't get me as hard as it does for you guys. But I started Undertale, and the one thing I was always told about Undertale is go in not knowing anything. So I did. Um, was playing it, and I didn't see the appeal. Um, I wasn't getting it at all. Uh, it was the first game I played on my Vita. Um, so I delved a little bit into what you know about the game, and I was very careful not to spoil anything. Um, but the one thing I got away from what I very carefully looked at was that there's different ways of playing it. Because I hadn't listened to your guys' show either because I wanted to play the game first before I listened to it. And obviously there's, without spoilers, there's, you know, you can go through without killing anything, go through killing everything. You kind of go through without, you know, kind of doing a bit of both. And when I first started, I was doing what Eric did, where I was just killing everything and I just didn't get the appeal. And then I found out that there's these different ways to play it with avoiding any other kind of spoiler than that and i started doing the workarounds on the battles of how to do things peacefully and going through the game i started enjoying it more you you start getting to meet more characters you start seeing its charm you hear the fantastic music you you get to see the fantastic um comical dialogue and i was really getting it and and then you get to the end there is a twist at the end as well which i won't spoil here it is good Um, as link between worlds I don't know. I've not played it um, <laughs> for the third no, time. It's not. It's the and, best twist ever. And my takeaway from the game, and especially I, as soon as I finished it, I listened to the Factory Sealed episode on it, and it was interesting listening to all the different experiences you had. And so Eric, for example, who went through killing everything, I, I my takeaway from your show was that you had a bit of a lesser experience than the rest of us. I mean, I know you enjoy killing things, but hell yeah, you. You had a you had a very different experience, and I think you had a very lesser experience. And my takeaway from the game was sweet and sour chicken. You and en- <laughs> you enjoy your experiences a lot better. That was worse than the optician's joke. You you take away a better experience from life when you're actually friendlier to people, and yeah. that was my takeaway from it. Like you experience so much, and after I finished it as well, I went back and looked into all the different things about the game and yeah it, it it really resonated in that kind of if you're nicer to people rather than being hurtful and horrible the world you have a more populated world around you people react to you better your actual experience is much better and that was my takeaway from it and i loved that and in the end i, I grew to love undertale oh, a lovely awesome. game. i'm very excited for the sequel that's coming out our spiritual sequel overtale delta rune Oh. It's it's already playable. Yes, but it's only like one chapter. Oh, is it? Oh, okay, I've not touched. Yeah, that, so. you basically just like kind of did a stealth release and went this. Give mm. this a try, and then everybody realised it was kind of a sequel to Undertale and lost their minds. And he said yeah. it's like nowhere near ready. It's going to take years, but 
I'm so, glad you came did, around. He to did the original himself with um, Temi, who was his friend, I think, and mm. he says he needs a team to make Delta Rune come to life. But yeah, but in terms of that kind of slow paced sort of wandering around, around running, wandering around RPG thing, you know, it's a bit like Mother, for example. I'm still not hot on those games, but I think Undertale had so much about it when you actually delve into everything it tries to do. Yeah, made it so a, interesting and so enjoyable. And that music, man, that soundtrack. Oh, yeah. really? it's spot on it's so good um, <laughs> I think it's one of those games that's just so obscure that you have to play it for yourself to experience why people like it so much yeah. it's not something you'd look at immediately on a trailer and go wow that looks amazing you've got to kind of do what Mike did and get into it and experience it but like I, when I played it for the show I didn't have a clue about any of it and when I first played <laughs> it I was like what is this and then as you yeah. get into it and all these mad characters like Sans the Skeleton I love that guy <laughs> He's it's just so, so funny. funny. The writing's really it's just funny so as well. It's so funny. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> excellent game all around. Yeah, I'm glad I stuck with it. Yeah, me too. Because I was close to quitting. I was close to quitting. Tom, you're number six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, it is Octopath Traveler. Interesting. I'm surprised it made your list. <laughs> is it higher on anybody else's or is it on anybody else's? Nope. No. no it, was, it was close for me, but... Yeah, I didn't put enough time into it to really make that. So, uh, first of all, I just remember when when this was first talked about, and we saw the trailers for it, and it just looked awesome because it's this kind of like the dub it HD two D. So it's kind of a uh, it's got this lovely two D uh, pixel art playing field, but it's also got some depth to it and some particle effects. So it makes it look like a kind of this really cool looking modern take of a retro standard that we're used to with uh standard jrpgs and i don't know it just felt to me like square enix going back to its roots of like the squaresoft days and having this uh like a really traditional like medieval style swords and sorcery rpg and now just is exactly what i wanted and it and it's perfectly at home on the switch yeah now the game is enormous i, I mean i've put about 40 hours in and i think i'm I think I'm only just halfway through, to be honest. Oh, my it, God. It, it feels huge. that way. It's very big. Um, but it's my, you know, we're talking about these games that you, you'll go to, you'll pick up and play Dead Cells and so on. This is this is my version of that because the battle system is just so fun. It, it's, it's got quite a lot of depth to it, but not enough to really confuse you or feel overwhelming. I think um, this would be what would draw Dan in on it. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you on it, Tom, but like That's with right. the battle system, because I played the demo yeah. and... The battle system was great, but I would imagine that you know, twenty hours in, it would be very, it would get very boring and repetitive. No, that's no. the impression I got. Strangely, no it, it just doesn't. Like, uh, so, Ultrapath Traveler follows eight different characters and they're eight different isolated stories. They don't really cross over, but each of the other characters is helping the other one, you know, continue their tale and and solve whatever issues they they're having or or finding whoever they need to find or or getting some kind of sense of achievement or whatever and um so each each of the eight characters is their own like kind of class so you have like a thief and a and a um i can't remember what the other ones are now you've got like a, a hunter stripper yeah. hot dog stand attendant it's a hot dog stand oh, attendant. The hunter is probably one of my least favorite yeah. rpg characters um, of all time but like the the hunter for example uh you can then later on you can you can give them secondary jobs so you can have a hunter who also has the skills of a thief 
or you could give uh the skills of a bar a warrior to um and uh the the stripper <laughs> whatever she is like there is actually a stripper in the game um and then uh so yeah it kind of that kind of fleshes out the battle system more but i don't know there's just something about it it's just a really really cool game i'm actually very surprised that you're not doesn't you're not interested in it dan because it's I know, totally I, up. I just i just don't <laughs> I, I don't think you can judge it based on me. the visual appeal of it because that's. I mean, the visual appeal is fantastic. That's I what didn't. I didn't. Though I watched all the trailers and everything, and just didn't <laughs> is, is the demo still up? Uh, I, I tried. So. Oh, I tried the demo. Didn't grab me. Oh, oh, oh man. Oh man. Weird. That's that's crazy. Yeah, that is interesting. It but. it is crazy. I agree. This should be totally up my backside. This game, but <laughs> oh, I, d- yeah. I, just, I don't know. It's just maybe I should give it a try. But yeah, I've maybe. got so much to I mean, play. There, there I can't is, do another RPG. Yeah, I mean, there is so much, so much content that is worth your time that it is tough to to narrow in on. on I something put twenty five hours into it and still didn't feel like I played enough of it to make make it on my list. Yeah, that's fair. It's, it's huge. Fair. It's a very uh, it big is, game. It is a little overwhelming at times, though, to kind of know yeah. where you need to go and what you need to do. And um, unfortunately, your experience with it can be a little uh, jaded if you choose the wrong starting character. Yes, because yeah, you are so. you're kind of limited in who you can collect in a certain order based on where you start. And whoever you choose at the beginning, you that person is locked to your party for the duration of the whole game. Yeah, so, so if you chose the hunter, your experience is going to be awful. Well, I I did choose the hunter. <laughs> um, oh Jesus, seventy hours of shitty dialogue. <laughs> I I don't mind it, but I totally get that it grates on people. Yeah, she's so annoying. See, the thing that's the thing that's well, there's two things that stops me picking this up because I enjoyed the demo. Um, one is I haven't got the time to play a game that length um, yeah. at the moment, and two, what you said before about how the characters their stories don't really intertwine that much, and mm-hmm. I've heard that that's a criticism of it. Now, the yeah. RPGs that I have played, you know, things like you know, your Final Fantasy, um, it all, even though the characters all have their side stories and things like that, they're, they're part of this huge overall plot. And the criticism I think that that's I've heard what put is me that off, you don't really puts me that. off, you know, Mike. I think that is what puts me off. I think it's all these little tales rather than yeah. like a I don't, big, I don't want a self-contained huge... story. I want this big sprawling RPG. I'd prefer. Yeah, it I don't know. I like think that. I think for this to be on the Switch, though, that's what makes it successful. Is that, that yeah. you can put it down for three weeks and pick it back up and just truncate your stories and not have to worry about oh shit, what was this story arc meshing yeah. with this one? And that's the I thing. Like, that I for think, RPGs anyway, I uh, completion. say if, this, if the huge story is good enough to keep you enthralled, you're not going to put it yeah. down for three weeks. I yeah. think. But yeah, if you could name me another RPG that you could put down for three weeks and then pick up and still be totally understanding of what you're doing and what and how to play. Oh no, I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, I, that's the thing. And I, yeah, you're right. In it, I understand. Like, if you uh, if an RPG is really good enough for you to not take that break, that's cool. But it's like look at the four of us just don't have the time these days to put in to play well, a ninety-hour game in a few weeks. So. For me, I I need something that I can chip away at, and that is yeah, is perfect yeah. for that. I mean, I've only done forty hours of Nino Kuni two over the past <laughs> couple of weeks. I mean, hol- hol- maybe the holidays is yeah a bit different, but no, it was before generally. the holidays. <laughs> <laughs> that was a typical. All right, well, not day. Dan then. <laughs> <laughs> Dan has finished Persona Five twice. Let's not forget. For your playstyle, Dan, I get. I actually kind of understand why maybe you wouldn't like Octopath Traveler. To be fair, so. Mm. 
I can understand that. Eric, number five. Nino Cooney 2. Oh, good shout. Bit higher on your list? It's not actually on my list. What? Surprising. A 40-hour game. You just casually slung 40 hours into a game and it's not number 10. What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? None of these games on my list I spent 40 hours in. It was a really good time sink, but I, I think everything that's on my list is better. Still, oh, it was good, but I preferred the first. Who even? See, and you? I'm completely the opposite. The second was infinitely better in every capacity. I have it sealed on the shelf, lads. Keep it sealed. All right. <laughs> no, I did. I did have it originally on my list at number four, but I've crossed it out in favor of something else. So it goes from number four. Like you just didn't drop it to five. You just <laughs> cut it from the list. No, because everything else needed to still be on there. Oh. Your list was poorly put together. <laughs> it wasn't. Do you remember when we told Dan, like, hey, Dan, do you have your list ready? This was Friday. And Dan goes, oh, yeah. oh let me let me work on it. Three minutes later, done. Because <laughs> it was an easy decision once I realized what games I played. Do you know I started my list in January? My God. <laughs> I didn't start a top ten list, but I kept track of everything I played this year. Yeah, I had a ranking that I, like a chart, and I would, like, Move one down, move one up, move one down, move one up. This has been carefully curated. Ooh, interesting. Over a 12-month period. Okay. Now, hang so. on, though. Eric, you've got Nino Cooney 2 on, but you haven't played much of it, have you? I'm over halfway. So you haven't played much? Uh, <laughs> I've played a lot of that? it. Oh, I don't even know. Have you leveled up your kingdom? Oh, yeah. Have you got an airship? I believe so, yeah. That's a no. <laughs> it's been like four it's months, five months a, since I've played it. It's definitely an awe. You said it's you, ha- you said so you good. You can't remember, son. Yeah. If I gave you an airship, you'd remember. Mm. My favorite thing about <laughs> this game is the kingdom building. See, and that's the part that I was the most disappointed with. I went into it really wanting another fleshed-out style of Dark Cloud, or pa- ma- maybe even like um, White Knight Rogue Galaxy, huh? Like Rogue Galaxy. Well, Rogue Galaxy didn't have any kingdom building. Oh, okay. I don't play it. Great game, though. Great game. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it was. It felt very structured and very scripted in how your kingdom expanded. You had, obviously, the choice of who to put where, but you, know, you, you were kind of stuck with, all right, this person can really only go here because their skill set is for this. So it, it was kind of just a, a surface-level kingdom building. It was neat to be able to walk in. Um but the the recruiting different characters was was awesome. But for me, what really made this better than Nino Kuni One was the change to the combat system. I did not like in the first game the Pokemon style too, where you had to collect different familiars and then level them up by feeding them cake and apples and things like that. To axe that and just focus on your main characters and then collect different Higgledies that were more of a passive attribute to the battle made it so much more enjoyable. Yeah, the the real-time battles are pretty cool. But um, what annoyed me about it was the inconsistencies with the cutscenes and the voice acting. There was so much of this game where it was not voice acted. You had the same um, thing with the first one. The voice acting in the first game ended almost entirely after the fourth hour. Mm. Mm. But that had the Studio Ghibli kind of cutscenes as well, the first one. Yeah. I don't know. I just thought the, the, the charm in this game, this is such a neat 
RPG that that you know. I think storyline wise, I liked the first better as well. Really, it falls apart towards the end. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, Evan's kind of a he's not as engaging as um, who's the kid from the first one? Oliver? Uh, no, Oliver's. Oh yeah, it's Oliver and Drippy. Oh, I love Drippy. Drippy yeah, is Drippy's amazing. Awesome. And I didn't like um, the <laughs> replacement for Drippy in this one. Oh, mm. I'm surprised it's not on your list. No, me, me too. But like I say, I think everything that's on there is better. I enjoyed my time with it a lot, but I think all these other games are better. So, Dan, what's your number five? My number five, probably higher on Mike's, is Celeste. Yeah, higher. There you go. Ooh. Mike, what's your number five? If you say Celeste, my... I'm going to punch you. <laughs> no, it's not. Do you remember you and Tom last year? It happened like three times in a row. <laughs> yes. Um, no, my number five, and it wasn't until I consulted that list that was on about where I kept track of all the games I played, um, that I realised it was this year, but I, I Shovel Knight. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. What a great game that is. Nice. I, I, I don't think I can say anything that hasn't been said about Shovel Knight. Um, just great retro feel. It, the platform is fantastic. Um, and you play the DLC as well. Uh, I had a quick go on Plague Night, but I haven't played uh, not all the way through. That so was my game of the year 2014. Well. Just try Plague Night. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, great. Um, I picked it up for my Switch. Um, it was one of the first games I picked up on my Switch in the new year because I think Nintendo had a sale on on the eShop. Um, but yeah, it was great. Um, I I don't know what else to say about Shovel Knight that hasn't already been said. Um, other than, I'm you know, great very visuals, surprised great music. Shovel Knight did not make a full character in Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, he's just an assist trophy, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they totally would have been... And Waluigi, where's he? <laughs> he's an assist trophy as well, I think. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about him. Yeah. Um, but no, it, you know, it's hilarious as well. Great writing. Um, whenever the dial- any of the dialogue against each other is just yeah, it's a um, neat mesh of like three different styles of game. It's it's Mega Man meets Mario three meets Ducktales. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, With some Castlevania thrown in, and it, it definitely gave me that proper retro vibe of you know those old school platformers that you used to play in the sixteen bit era, um, which I've been kind of craving for a few years. I meant to get onto Shovel Knight years ago, and I just never got around to it. To be honest, I actually played I that this did. year as well. <laughs> So yeah, and why is it not high? I know, just didn't make my list. All right, I'll let you off. Yeah, but it was amazing. <laughs> Tom, what's your number Tom? five? Uh my number five is uh, da, 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 the the messenger. I've got right. it higher. <laughs> Alrighty, I've got it Eric, lower. Your number four. My number four. Hold on, I got to pull my list back up here. This is probably going to start pissing some people off here, but my number four is Spider-Man. Hiya. I didn't hire it. Figured as much. <laughs> Not on the list. Didn't my play it. My number four is Super Mario Odyssey. Which you forgot you'd played until I mentioned it. <laughs> yes, but then I remembered how much I loved it. <laughs> oh, what I a thought game. it was last year, and then I realized I didn't have it on my Switch until January. So... But that it was the first game I played on my Switch, and it's just such a good game. That so is my long. favorite Mario game, I think. So much to do. It's just so fun. Tom, you haven't played Galaxy 1 and 2 yet, so... That's true. I liked this better than <laughs> Galaxy 1 and 2. Oh, there you really? go, Eric. See? 
Uh, so, better. Uh, Dan's opinion is worth and more. and all three of them are better than Mario sixty four. So, well, yeah, but yeah. they wouldn't have existed without Mario sixty four. Well, yeah, true, but like it, this, the general consensus online still seems to be that Mario sixty four oh, is that's... still the greatest three D Mario. No, it's that's because people have Mario, a nostalgia boner. Mario Galaxy one is better than Mario sixty four. Fight me. <laughs> I agree with you. Can I still fight you? okay we'll have a proper slap off or a beat off whichever you prefer uh can we check how long to beat off.com first uh it's not i want to know how much but it should be up (laughs) by january how much time this will take but anyway dan back to mario odyssey did nobody else have it on the list (laughs) (laughs) yeah this will be the same for me next year when i start putting all the games for that i didn't play this year on the (laughs) Tom's 2019 God of War. Yeah, Spider-Man. I thought we made yours, Mike. I did. No, it was on last year. Last year. All oh, right. Okay now, I will admit, year. actually, because I listened to our Games of the Year show recently, the one thing I will go back on, what I said, um, I didn't put Mario Odyssey very high on my list because it didn't seem to be grabbing me as much. I was only playing it here and there. And oh, then yeah. literally, like, a week or two after we did that show, I couldn't put it down. Yeah, you I couldn't put it down when I played it. it either. It was just great. Yeah, I still I haven't beat Dark Side of the Moon though. Oh god, I spent days trying to beat that level. <laughs> I could yeah, just have oh, you doing it. See, the one thing oh, with this horrendous. game though is that I hit a brick wall with it. I there was a definitive point where it's like, okay, I'm done, and I just had zero interest anymore. See, my collectathon instinct kicked in. Did you get all the moons then? I did not get them all. I was so wow. close, but the last few were just such a ball ache. I had to stop. Wow. I tell like, you what was like the one where you have to jump over the skipping rope a hundred times and things like that. It's just so difficult. I, no, I'll tell you what is a real shame about Mario Odyssey. There was no DLC, like extra worlds and things like that. They could have quite easily done DLC. I'm like, glad extra... they didn't, though. They did that crappy Luigi's balloon thing, but yeah, there's always a the chance for a sequel. They've supported it over the year in because every few months they've added more costumes to it and stuff. That was the one like, thing that I really enjoyed. You got to the end, and then the world that unlocked afterwards was basically just fan service. Oh yeah, the yeah, mus- yeah, the mushroom yeah. king. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but just I loved it. Really did. Thank you for reminding me, Mike. <laughs> It's alright. Like I it's said, not I like, thought it was last year. So it's not like only two days before I'd sent a message going, "Oh, listen to the games of the show, games of the year show." Dan didn't even have his switch back then. Yeah, but I don't read your messages. Oh, okay. <laughs> Seems to be a common theme. Mm. Mike, what's your number four? And number four is the messenger. Messenger. Yeah. Is it? I thought it would be higher. No, I figured it, it would be right about here. Did you say you got it higher, Dan? No, I mine's nine. Oh, okay. Uh, I forgot you said that. Wait, so, so is this the first game that's on everybody's list? I think, yeah, so. I think so. So this, you say you thought it'd be higher. Yeah, actually. And when you find out what my number three is, this will be controversial. I originally had this at number three and I swapped it around last minute. Um, Ghostlet's 12? Murder on the Eurasia Express. Goof Troop. Gave away my Goof number one. Troop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, we all, all love the messenger. I think Eric, you enjoyed it less. I so it's not that I didn't enjoy it. Here's my issue, and I'll be forthcoming with this. Metroidvania games. I didn't know the controls. Just aren't my jam. 
I I am not a huge fan of mindless backtracking. Now, I'll admit that Dark Souls is essentially a 3D Metroidvania style game. You're revisiting a lot of territory to discover new things. I get it. The 2D side-scrolling games like that, they just they don't grab me as much. The first half of Messenger had had it ended there, this probably would have been way higher on my list. Agreed. But Agreed. once it flipped over to the second half, it just felt rehashed. It, you know, the, the switch to the 16-bit graphic style and 16-bit music was fantastic, and then the story really started to flesh out a little bit more. But the the fact that there were so many different worlds that you could visit, and they for like the the, the next four hours, they only give you access to two or three portals two portals i think and then you have to dig through to find them it just became super tedious and every time i'd get a hint and be like all right it's it's here up on the mountain and you got to start three levels away and just backtrack through all this shit it just got tiring so the thing is i'm with you on this one actually yeah i think it didn't need to be a metroidvania i think it could have progressed perfectly as the 16-bit style yeah from there Mm. and it still could have flipped into the 8-bit in between Mm-hmm. Yeah. That flipping between the two styles was brilliant, even the way the music changes and everything as well. Yeah, it's so cool. It was very um, similar yeah, to very um, Monster Boy that we played last Monster year. Monster Boy! Um, but do you remember, Dan, I was actually, because me and you were playing at the same time, and yes. when we got to the second half of it, do you remember I was almost like, ah, you know, do I want to carry on? Yeah. But I'm glad I did, because like the payoff in the end was was great. It, it's a bit like, it's a bit like Messenger is a bit like when you have like you know when you're having really long sex and you get to like part the way through and you're starting to get like oh god this is going on a while and you start to get a little bit soft and you're just kind of slapping it against the sides for a bit and then <laughs> then then you get then then you get Lord. then you then you get back into it and then it's fantastic and then you got the end like it's a bit like that. <laughs> is that before or after you wipe the moisture off with the tissue? <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh but yeah, God, my but yeah, it's a bit <laughs> like, like that. That's a good way of putting it, actually. Yeah, you know, you get back um, into it, and it's good. I yeah. don't know. By the end, I felt like I just want this to be done. I, I don't know. The writing had me. Yeah, I, nice well, heart. Nice heart. So I really loved that first half. I really loved it. It would be. It actually would have been a couple of spaces higher if it had just ended there, or even just uh transitioned into 16 bit and there'd been another half of the same thing but yep. and also i loved that every time i went to the shop in the first half he had a new story the shopkeeper had a new shopkeeper story shopkeeper is share. like the mvp of um, games this year it was like this, this it was amazing this, it was just totally like uh in in it i was just a very rhythmic like gameplay like i just i knew what was coming up and then as soon as it broke apart and was like okay cool you got these portals and you got to find these seals if you if you want to or these little little dudes i can't remember what they were called um it started to like become like 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 you say metroidvania style which i didn't even know that was that was quite a nice surprise it was like a big kind of twist but i uh yeah had it been more like celeste where it was just a a a linear path yeah and then you could choose to revisit the other levels if you wanted to to collect those power seals but to have to retread through the catacombs five times just it got tiring yeah yeah, it, it and then if get you get to a point tough. to, what bothered me is you'd get to a point where it's like, all right, here's where I need to go. Oh, I need to be an eight bit version. So then you have to tread back through and find 
uh, a portal yeah. that you could switch you to ape it and ape it and then tread all the way back down to it it just mm. that that did get tedious I'll that was annoying it, yeah because yeah. you went sure. yet i still collected everything <laughs> of course you did did you but get all those green it. seal things yeah i got them all <laughs> oh my god but like Dan said, shopkeeper, MVP of gaming this year. He he was so funny. Like I've never laughed out loud so much. See, at... I don't why did you guys keep telling me to try opening the wardrobe as much as I did? It, it every time I went in and I'd go through, he just tell the same fucking story. No, you need to stand there and keep trying and trying and trying and I, trying and trying. I do. And then he tells the he same says, story every time. No, he says can... he says different things as you go on. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a whole like conversational arc that goes through if you keep trying. And it's hilarious. I can't remember what it is, but I remember it being hilarious. I don't know. Every and also, time I went into the shop, I went through his entire... Until it started looping. And like, well, I don't really get it. It does loop a little <laughs> bit on the wardrobe, but then eventually mm-hmm. you do get like another conversation. So maybe you didn't try it enough. I, I think you have to do it like 50 odd times. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I think but, you have to press up in front of the wardrobe as well, and that makes the dialogue come up. I understand how that works. <laughs> Just Ooh, Eric understood something. Um... <laughs> But no, you know, there's that there's that really funny section in the middle before the gameplay change. Um, I won't say it here because I, I don't want to spoil it. But like, it's one of the funniest moments in gaming this year for me. I guess it's, it's good. Yeah, I I'd say it's a good for me. Typically, when I go on vacation, um, usually Easter or Thanksgiving or Christmas, I pound through a game, and this this kind of filled that void. It was fun. Yeah. It was a sleeper hit, kind of, it kind of. Popped out, mm-hmm. and then Mike went, play this, everyone, and we did, and we yeah. loved it. And again, I've, I've, I'm going to be saying this a lot over the next few, um, and I've said it already, that soundtrack as well. Oh, Absolutely yes. phenomenal. Yes, loved it. And it was developed in Canada. So Shower for the French toast, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> she scared the shit out of me. She walked up behind me. <laughs> Tom, what is your number four? Uh... We can now talk about Dead Space. Excellent. So Dead Space, first of all, I have to thank you, Mike, for bringing that to my attention. That's all right. Because Dead Space had me totally hooked. It was the my favorite game of, uh, of the, that we covered on the show this year. Uh, I'm not one for horror games, same as Dan. Don't really play many. Don't like having shit in my pants that much. I love um, shitting my pants. But, <laughs> but Uncle May doesn't get flack for this. <laughs> because he doesn't play on easy. <laughs> so he tells you. I've seen that. It's true. I do not. Now. Uh, Tom plays on European Extreme. Friggin' hell, this game is great. I just really loved it. It, it made me feel like uh, the first time I ever watched Alien. That kind of... Uh, all alone in in space uh navigating your way through this uh mm. this huge ship that was just being overrun and, and all the and you're trying to like i like that he's an engineer as well the, the guy you're controlling and he doesn't so he's not going to be totally great at you know tackling these these huge like creatures and stuff um or but speaking. he's just figuring out and not speaking <laughs> and figuring out his figuring his way typical engineer um and uh, so it makes you feel like, a little bit more vulnerable as well, which is just nice. Um, and just the little uh, little bits like when you go through an airlock out into space and it, it goes all oh. like kind of muffled and quiet and, and the way yeah. the screen kind of uh, is kind of curved, like spherical-ish. Um, 
like, I just loved those little elements. It just it's just such a cool game. I loved it. What I liked it. I the really, most really about it. it though was the 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 style of combat. A lot of these games mm-hmm. is just dump bullets into enemies until they die. You can do that, but if you actually take time to aim, you can mm-hmm. kill most enemies or most of the the lesser enemies in one or two shots by cutting off their limbs. What a neat concept to add to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And that really plasma cool. gun. Oh, that's right up there with the doom shotgun. It's it just oh, the yeah. entire game oozes such atmosphere. It really yeah. does. I'm really and looking I, forward to playing two and three. Well, not so much. I, I, I thought I was going to be absolutely terrified by it, and I wouldn't be able <laughs> yeah. to play it. But I actually ended up loving it, and I kind of treat it more as an action game than a horror game. In the end, hmm. like I didn't find it particularly scary, to be quite honest. But I loved it. So the no. one thing Tom, that I, I can't wait for you to play too. Yeah, I, I didn't initially like when they came out with. Um, the wiggly arm guy, the the basically nemesis. I hate him. I oh. hate him. But yeah. <laughs> what they did right was that they didn't overuse him. No, that's true. Uh, I think I think they did. I think he See, only comes he, out twice, right? He comes out yeah, two or three was... times. But what, mm. I think what works so well about that is is in Nemesis, he was always there. So it, in the back of my mind, I'm sitting here going, "Fuck, this guy's going to show up at any time," and he doesn't. And it's just like that, you're, you're kind of on edge, like, when's he going to show up? When's he going to show up? So when he actually does show up, it's more impactful because it's not as often. Yeah. And then the like, way that you finally get to kill him, I like how you have to utilize the environment to kill him. Oh, yeah, like freezing him and stuff like that. Yeah, and then the jet remember. engines. and. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's really cool. And like Mike said, the atmosphere of it all, it just, it just, it just worked. It just worked I wish so number well. two was eligible for... Uh, I know next year. I know I have it on my shelf and I want to play it, but I also kind of want to wait. So it's kind of I'm waiting. Let's change the rule. Nobody will notice. (laughs) When do we have to wait until? Uh, I think 2021. Oh, it might even be 2021. I think it's 2011. Mm, So Google. It came out in 2011. Oh my gosh. Two more years. Well, we'll still be doing this. (laughs) Yeah. God. Eric, numero three. All right, here we go. This is where things are going to start to get controversial. Oh, uh, God. N- number three for me, Just Cause 4. Wow. That's I've high. got it higher. Boy. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm winding you up. Imagine. <laughs> 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 the amount of shit that you gave for the first Just Cause. <laughs> this game, Sorry. let me tell you about this game. <laughs> I, that sounds so weird not hearing Mega Man at the end of that sentence if Mega Man had an open world with a wingsuit and a grappling hook it would be Just Cause 4 what? I'm just kidding I was feeling something um, <laughs> the only reason you need to buy this game is is that you can strap rockets to a cow's ass and launch it into space <laughs> the only reason you need to buy this game i should probably pick it up oh my god what they've done is they've taken everything fantastic about just cause 3 and just done more of it and that's one of the biggest hey what's that hey mike tom do you know do you know why you should play this game uh just just cause i guess yeah Uh, (laughs) get it Get it, Dan. <laughs> Get it. Keep on giving. 
Yes, I get it. I set up the sodding duo. Well, I need to make sure that you understand your own joke. <laughs> uh, well, that was one of the biggest complaints about this game. Is everyone's like, well, it doesn't really move the series forward in a meaningful way. And I actually think it does because it takes... The, num- the number went up one, didn't it? Yeah, it did. So it takes the <laughs> it takes the mechanics of three and refines it. So um, Rico looks less like a block man than he did in the original. Yes. I should fucking hope so. So I'm st- I'm probably oh god I've dumped more hours into this than I care to. It's why I didn't get through some of the other stuff I wanted to by the end of the year. Um, but the new grappling hook system is insanely complex. It's not just here grapple this to this. You have different tiers of of power ups per grappling hook for for tethers and retractors and you can attach balloons and then you can adjust what each of the balloons do when they reach their peak altitude do they explode do they fly off in a certain direction um the rocket boosters you can actually physically control now like you're actually manipulating where they go it's really complex in what you want to do but the game itself is one of those where you generally have to make your own fun there's a huge sprawling storyline, and yeah, it's a typical Just Cause storyline where you're trying to overthrow a dictator, and it, the game doesn't take itself too seriously, but it's actually a really unique take on, on an open-world game, um, because not only do you have this big story that you need to attack and and um, finish, but you have this independent army that you're building and moving through the country through the different provinces and as you complete different missions and tasks you gain more forces that you can then move your front line and and expand your influence around the country but one thing that i noticed uh just cause three had this aspect too but four when you're in a province that you don't have control over you'll see your your army moving through here and then random battles will break out you'll see it uh, an enemy fighter jet come through and start doing strafing runs and bombing on tank caravans and like there's an actual war happening within this entire country that you're just out there causing chaos just cause fuck yeah it's so fun <laughs> I mean it's it's America the game thing. Christy and I have spent hours just laughing at the stupid shit we can do in that game plus tornadoes <laughs> right Oh man, grappling people and tossing them into tornado is hilarious. It's got some real cool Easter eggs in it as well. Have you found any yet? I haven't found any, but I there was a recent like mountain climber game that came out that's like a really popular two D mountain climber that when you find this Easter egg, it turns Just Cause into that game. Yeah, and there's also one which um, references Aha's Take on Me song, where you if you go down into a construction site, it turns into the video from Aha's oh. Take on Me. It's I didn't excellent. know that. Because they had the Buster Sword in 3, didn't they? Or Final Fantasy yeah. 7 and things. You couldn't yeah. do anything with it. Or no, but it was there. 2, they had a freaking hot air balloon hidden somewhere that you could go into the jungle and find this hot air balloon and just slowly oh move God, around Oh my god, was it on 2 or 1 where they had the Lost Island? That was 2. I can't where you'd fly the jet over it and it would explode and you'd crash and yes. you could find the hatch. Yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> nice. It's It's truly a game where if you don't like... Uh, a game without direction you probably won't like it yeah you have different missions that you can attack but um oh that's the other thing that 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 they've done it's not just uh in three what really got tiring was you would have all these different villages that you'd have to go to and you'd have a propaganda poster you'd have speakers you'd have like ice cream truck 
texts that would spew propaganda and you'd have to blow all this stuff up and then a main base within each. It just got really tedious. You could take a jet or a helicopter, strafe it, blow everything up, go to the next one, rinse, repeat. They've done away with that. Instead, you oh, have... good. That's what I hated. You, you have different people that provide you with different quests um, that are completely tertiary to the actual main storyline. One lady is shooting a movie in this war-torn country, and she enlists you as her personal stuntman. And by completing her <laughs> missions, you get uh, points to level up a certain aspect of your grappling hook. And another guy gives you Tomb Raider-esque missions where you need to find all of these old artifacts within the country. And you do actually go into these tombs and solve puzzles very similar to Uncharted or, or Tomb Raider. And um, it's just it's really neat how many different things are going on. And it, I think they've refined the formula and gotten rid of some of the repetitive nature of it. Now that's got me more interested. Dude, it's so fun. I spent 45 minutes blocking up an interstate so I could fill up a cargo helicopter with cows, llamas, and dead bodies just so I could go up into the sky and dump them out. <laughs> it's freaking hilarious. It's so oh much fun. Oh my God. So that's my number three. I highly recommend it. Dan, I think this would be right up your alley. And Mike, did you try Just Cause 3 yet? Did you ever finally? Not properly. Okay. Do you know why? Just Cause? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) No, it's actually because I haven't had time. (laughs) I think if you enjoy Just Cause 3, you would really enjoy this one. But give three. Three is endless hours of fun. How come? Just because. Oh, in three, they had a gun where you could shoot people and their heads would fill with helium and float up. It's just so many dumb things. My only complaint is that they still haven't put in multiplayer. Yeah, it's Yeah, I'm surprised it. by that. It needs it. Even if they didn't put missions or anything like that in it, if they just put... Um, Hey, jump oh, into this world I'm, and dick around. I was reading up on this after you said it, actually, uh, and I found out a reason why they didn't. Hang on, let me find it. Because uh, I saved it. To mention dollar, dollar bills? Uh, Dan, intro music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here it is. Yeah, uh, the reason they didn't put multiplayer in is uh, just cause. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 I thought you had an actual. Oh honest. my god! <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, thank you. I'm here all day. You may have redeemed yourself as the optician's joke <laughs> for that one. Oh, that was good. Well done, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Dan. You're number three. Arachnid dude. I'm gonna. I started typing arachnid dude. I'm keeping a <laughs> list so I can see where everybody is. Oh, okay. Uh, no, mine's higher. I've got it lower. <coughs> how, how haven't you said it yet then I did it was my it number did. four. Oh right yeah. do you even listen no Mike what's your number three number three god of war <gasps> higher <got> higher <laughs> on to Tom what's your number three we're playing beat saber wow wow yes 
Yes, yes. That Tom Regan yes. loves himself I a rhythm game. Fucking love that game. That is why I bought VR and I am totally all in on it. I can't stop playing it. It is so fucking good. It's first, very good. I played it in the summer very briefly on an Oculus and that was what wanted me to get uh PSVR. And uh yeah, I just can't stop playing it. I love it. I I I my only criticism would be wish there were kind of more tracks and more variation of genres, but I hope they come out with DLC yeah. for it though. Yeah, because the I, version of uh, that uh, Beat Saber I played had like actual studio albums on it, like from real bands and stuff. But I think um, they need to create like a. I'm not yeah, sure. I think they are, but yeah. I think what they need to do if they can get Beat Saber big enough, which I think because it's on the VR platform, I don't think it'll ever be big enough for it. But similar to how Rock Band and Guitar Hero was, where you had the Rock Band store and just they added to it all the time with like actual popular songs. I'd pay a buck for be a amazing. song. Yeah, easy. Yeah, yeah Me too. definitely. Man, it's just, especially when you have the headset on and you've got the two lightsabers there and like, it just feels really good. Like everything about it feels cool. I've I've actually really hurt my elbow. My elbow is doing it though too much. This yeah, my was... arms have hurt for tears, Tom, yeah. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> this game was so engaging that my mom is actually wanting to get a VR set just for this. Yeah. Um my brother's my brother doesn't own, even own a PS4. He's only got a 360 and he played it for the first time last night and we played it for a few hours and he was like I I'm thinking of just getting a PS4 for this. Yeah, it's super. <laughs> oh good. my god, Eric, I did one of the challenges where you have to get maximum um like the the distance and oh my god, it's so tiring but so fun. <laughs> oh yeah. And you're just See, like I... even when even when you're not hitting anything, you're flailing your arms around like a lunatic. <laughs> just must look like a right special person <laughs> see i've not played the campaign yet i've only done free play oh and dude the campaign so I've gets not do- so hard so i've not oh, done yeah. any of that yet the but disapp- the disappearing arrows ones throw me like oh style. man so yeah, how far tough. into the campaign are you dan i'm at level nine or something like so that so yeah. later you get i think i talked a little bit about this but you get you get missions where you have to have a minimum combo of like 26 but your combo can't go past 30. But there's one where you have to have a minimum combo every time of 28 and a maximum of 30. So oh you have to intentionally miss one. So you're oh not only God. looking at the arrows and you play it on hard. You're looking at the arrows and the blocks and you're ducking, but you also have to be keeping an eye on your, your combo counter and then knowing, okay, when can I miss? It It gets really intense. I, what I just love about it is it just, well. it just makes you feel like such a badass like even though you probably look ridiculous to everybody else when you're yeah. in it and immersed yeah. in it you're like i am like the jedi beat master <laughs> it's just freaking yeah. it's so cool it's just such a great concept which just marries itself so well to video games like how yeah. has nobody came up with this before it's just well, like, i was trying i was trying to you, explain to my brother last night that if he's more if he if he moves the the ones more, he gets more points. And yeah. Hazel was on about when she watches me doing it, and like she says that I proper get into it, and that I'm essentially dancing. And she says I'm like a ballerina. So God knows what yeah. I, like. I am. I am as well. Like my legs are going and everything when I'm doing yeah. it, and like getting proper into the beat too. and things. And like I love the ones where you slice sideways with both at the same time. I think that's so cool. What oh, always yeah. throws me is when they switch the colors to the other side. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Kind of I can't do the ones where you have to do your arms the opposite ways. It really confuses my head like when you have to do like one slices down and one slices up at the same time oh like, yeah like it just throws me i've started getting better at the ones where you have to swap the arms but those yeah. ones i'm just like nah especially when it's to the right and left and they've swapped round and i'm like i've crossed my arms over but then i flail them back out and i completely missed them 
We'll have to play a lot of that in January when you guys are here. Oh, oh yeah. It's, but the, oh. the one way you have to do the minimum distance is ridiculous. I, I found I that if you just s- hold your hands directly in front of you and just move your wrists and don't move your arms at all, it works fine. Yeah, that's what I did as well, but I was just like, I must look just bloody, like, I'm not putting in any <laughs> effort right now at all. I was concentrating it's, so hard. It's quite a workout. I was sweating so much after the first yeah. time I played it. <laughs> yeah. But there you go. Definitely another must-own. Yes, definitely. I love me a rhythm game. Very good, Tom. Eric, numero <laughs> two. God of War. Same. Is it higher on anyone else? Mine was three. Oh, so we can talk about it. What a game. Yeah. I've not... I would... uh, Sorry, go on. I've not been the biggest God of War fan through the ages, but... um, This game... There was just something about it that I just couldn't put down. It's fantastic. It was fantastically put together. I think I, mean, I started I've to never, wear thin. I've never loved God of War that much, but that game was just how to do a reboot well. Oh yeah, the level of polish, the storytelling, the combat, just everything about it. This is going to sound contradictory with the fact that I had it at number three, but it honestly feels like one of those games that is um, generation defining. Oh, yeah. A bit like how The Last of Us was for PS3 generation. But one Mm. camera cut as well. Didn't cut away from the characters once. Like, isn't that amazing? I think there's a a loophole in that. Um, When you use the portal, characters technically disappear for a second. It goes oh, through yeah, an all-white but screen. It's, but it's still kind of one shot, isn't it? Because yeah. it goes up and then flashes white. But it's, the entire thing is still one shot either way. Yeah. No, it's techni- it, It's a technical marvel. And the the character conversations, I've always really enjoyed that. Um, you know, even back to Rogue Galaxy, that's the first game I can really think of that your characters are having conversations as you're walking around in real-time voice acting. But it starts to get, get really repetitive. In God of War, the... The, the fact, like, when you get the head and he's telling these stories, if you get out of the boat, he'll go, oh, huh, well, we'll pick this up later. And the next, even if it's an hour later, you get back in the boat, he picks right back up where he left off. Yeah. Not a single bit of dialogue repeated in terms of the normal dialogue. Obviously, in battles, the, there's well. bits and bobs are repeated. But, um, but yeah, and it's just... The, what I loved about the side quests on it, like, you could go through and just do the story. And all the side quests serve are to essentially upgrade your equipment. But they will build the world as well but there were certain side quests where how it was building the world also built the characters in 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 little kind of minor ways so there was i mean this isn't a spoiler because it's the very beginning of the game the, the biggest tragedy in the game really happens before it where you know where Treus's mom dies and you know the whole the whole story arc of the game is that they want to take her ashes to the top of this mountain and there's one side quest where you meet this spirit and he's he claims that he can bring people back from the dead and and all the time all the way through um kratos is like oh you know i, I don't want to be doing these side quests i want to carry on what we're doing but the atreus is like oh look he can bring people back from the dead he can bring people back from the dead and you do this quest and and it it builds up that kind of hope in atreus's mind and things like that and it was all completely optional but 
it still got you. You still wanted to go and do it. And I think I did myself a little bit of a disservice at one point because I was literally just doing side quests for ages and mm-hmm. I kind of lost the story a little bit and I didn't pick it up for like a week or so because of it. And then I got back in and, and kind of did some story, then went back to the side quest and I think that grabbed me back in a bit more. I, I found w- the padding, the way it was structured, like I found myself doing both. And I think from because it's a pseudo open world game where elements unlock as you progress and these different side quests are available as you go on. And I think the balance was excellent. And these side quests, like Mike said, had enough depth to them that they didn't feel tacked on, like kind of like just fetch quests or anything like that. And I actually thoroughly enjoyed both the story and exploring the world as well. I think what really drove it home for me, though, too, was was Kratos in the all the previous God of Wars was just this absolute animal of a man who was filled with blind rage um, of revenge. He just wanted to avenge his family. And now they drop him into this and you see a different side of him. He's older, he's more calm, he's more collected because he realizes, I I now have a kid that I need to bring up properly because I see a lot of my own attributes within him and I don't want him to turn out like me. Um, That whole story arc right there is is really what kept me going. Um, Mm just in general every aspect of this game every story beat was perfectly executed even right and up the to voice the very acting, end the voice acting with that it was like really put that across as well i mean there was a very specific point in the game and don't worry tom this is not really a spoiler yeah, um right. there's there's a section where you uh you need to get something for atreus and you're worried about atreus basically um it's not a massive massive story beat so don't worry um and there's a point where you, you you have to go get something to do it and Kratos is normally he's very he doesn't show his emotions at all um, and it, there's this one specific line that always sticks out in my head in the voice actor I'm not sure of the guy's name um, Christopher he, Judge that's him he the emphasis he puts on the end of the line he kind of goes I want to save and he goes my son and like he, you know you, you can show the sadness in his voice and it's one of the few times you actually hear him you know, kind of admit to him being his son because he has this very strange relationship with him, um, where he wants to be like a proper stern father figure, and and he he just doesn't put that across, like how he constantly calls him boy and things like that. And it just came across the the emotion in his voice at that point was was that bit always stuck out to me. Well, I like the development of Atreus as well, though, because at the beginning he's this very timid um, little boy who has this illness and you know you can tell that he's wanting to rebel against his overly strict father and i think that's something that a lot of people can um relate to and then halfway through and they even showed it in the trailers where um, kratos makes a, a a line about there there are consequences for killing a god and you know at that point when when atreus like for you mike you mentioned about voice acting when atreus hits that and you can finally see that something snaps in his brain and he's like how do you know so it's yeah. it's it, it at that point you can tell like Kratos hasn't divulged anything to his family. He's hiding his past, but he's also trying to protect protect Atreus from his own future. Yeah, I love this game. It's so good. Yeah, it's one of those it's that I good. definitely will revisit down the road. See, I feel like I won't. Not because I dislike it, because I loved it so much. I think I want. You know how you are with The Last of Us. Yeah, where you just want it to be like a one and done. I feel like I might be like that with this. 
Well, I'm sure the sequel's coming, guys, so you can play that instead. See, the, the <laughs> only complaint that I had about this, though, is that is, and maybe this is just how I play games, but as soon as the credits roll, my interest wanes. And there's so much to do in this game after the credits. Uh, you need a bit of Dan Curtis collectathon. <laughs> I also need a little bit of Dan Curtis free time. <laughs> yeah. my main well, you would have children, game. I did tell you. Yeah, well. My main criticism with this game was um, there were quite a lot of similar battles, like those element ogre things that you... I can't remember the name of them. Those element ogres that you fight. You fight far too many of them, for example. Yeah, there's a part that towards the end criticism. where you're going through a, a tower with different levels, and that started to get a little bit repetitive because it was just the same enemy. Um, the enemies that cause the room to go dark and you have to pay attention to where they are, I wasn't a huge fan of those. Yeah. But overall, minor, minor complaint. All in all, splendid spread. Splendid <laughs> spread. Mike, what's your number two? My number two is Celeste. Oh, wow. wow. And well, I'll be honest with you. Number one is. I'll be honest with you. This <laughs> was nearly my number one. Wow. wow. Okay, I wow. loved this game so much. Um, Thomas, I mean, Celeste higher on your list? No, I, no, I've not played Celeste. Oh, dear. So Play it. So yes. obviously, uh, me and Eric kind of ghost attacked about this on the show on the Donkey Kong show. I think it was. Yep. Um, just this game, man. Like I have never ever known a two D, essentially puzzle platformer. Have you so invested in the characters? Have you so invested in the stories? Have you so invested emotionally? Um, and it's done in it. such a minimalistic fashion too. It's not like yeah. there's just mountains of plot dump. Yeah. And then, mm. you know, the the big thing about Celeste, and it got a lot of hype because of it, and I mentioned it whilst, you know, on the show, that, you know, the 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 themes it has centered around mental health and anxiety and depression and the way that those themes are portrayed in the actual game itself, um, you know, there's like personifications of people's emotions and things like that and the way that they chase them down and the way that things that bother... Um, I, 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 names escaping my fucking mind. What's the name of the character? Maddie. Maddie, yeah, that's it. She, Madeline, um, the way that the things that she thinks affects the real world and and things like that, and the way that I think it's one of the first loading screens on the game. It says it just says you can do this, and well, you it, know, it's it's it interesting too because so it kind of touches on that concept uh, that that misnomer of mental health, where a lot of people who don't truly understand it will just say to somebody, it's just in your head, just don't think about it or just get over it. Mm. But for mm. the person who's in it and experiencing it, it's not just in your head. It's a real tangible thing that you have to deal with. Your world fundamentally changes. Yeah. And I I don't want to bring it too much of a downer, but I, I, I discuss certain things on the show when we when we discuss this. And from doing, like, I was very open and it was one of the first times I'd ever been really properly openly public about that kind of stuff. And this year, I've really put a focus onto my own mental health. I've been dealing with a few things, um, you know, as we all do. And I think this game making me be that open as I did on the show. We always say that sometimes the show is a bit of a, a release for us. Uh, I think the game making me be able to be that open as I was has made me really concentrate on my own mental health this year and it's changed a lot for me and for that it's a very, very special game for me. I'm I'm going to hold this near and dear to my heart for, for quite a long time, I think. Yeah, I'm kind of That's in the same... That a game can do that. I'm yeah. kind of yeah. in the same boat as you too. This, this game, I mean, uh, obviously, as we talked about at that time and a little later uh, or a little earlier in the year, 
you know, I've been dealing with some pretty heavy stuff this year, and this game also came at a good time for me. Um, it, it just it showed that we're making advancements in in the stigma behind mental health, and especially from the perspective of males, um, it's not generally seen as um, masculine to be forthcoming with your mental health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no, a lot more attention it can, it can on it. Be hard. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, this is going to be a very special game for me for, for many years, I think. Especially since the biggest uh, killer of men is themselves. Yes. This is true, yeah. So. Um, but sidebar to this, I think me and Eric, um, when we discussed this, we spoke about how hard it is and how much of a challenge it can be. If that put people off, if you haven't played this game yet and you worry the difficulty will put you off, there is a Dan mode if you just want to experience the story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Dan probably unlocked more stuff than all of you combined. Yeah, no, yeah, Dan, Dan nailed this <laughs> game, but there is, yeah. <laughs> but also, I've I've said this about a lot of games on my list this year. That soundtrack, oh my god, it's one of the few games this year where like I've gone onto Spotify yeah. and just played the soundtrack. Sometimes whilst playing other games. Oh, Mike, did you nice. see the news the other day? Go on. Celeste is getting new levels in 2019. <gasps> yes. Although I'm a bit like Eric uh, with, you know, once you kind of get to the end of the story bit, like yeah. I didn't want to touch yeah. most yeah. of the side stuff, funnily enough. But this mm, game no, I didn't know that. But I am my I'm um, limited runner doing a um, physical version of this in January and I'm, I'm getting it and I'm, I might not even open it. This was a <gasps> game for me that I played in Australia when I was traveling everywhere. And I like probably I was just raging on the plane at some of the ridiculously hard levels because I did all the B side levels and everything, and the C side levels as well. And my god, they were difficult. But the sense of accomplishment of actually doing it was fantastic. I was so I hunt thousands upon thousands of deaths. I put in that game. I think oh I finished god. with twelve hundred deaths. Oh my god! <laughs> and then to watch on AGDQ where these people beat it in like twenty-seven minutes with zero deaths. Yeah, it's yeah. It's when you get into the like the really complicated wall jump things and things like that where it gets rock hard. Oh yeah, my internet <laughs> yeah. just took a dump during Dan's long talk. He's about talking about stuff. being rock hard. Yeah, and I think I may have just been talking over him the entire time because I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> Perfect. It's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but going back to the soundtrack, the, the great thing about... Because you do... It can get frustrating in places where you're constantly trying to repeat the same bit and you keep failing. And if the soundtrack wasn't great, you'd get bored of it very quickly. But even as you are constantly attempting things over and over, that soundtrack is always there. It's always there to back you up. And um, it, it's always great to listen to. It also reloads very quickly, which helps. Yeah. <laughs> Like Super Meat Boy, when you play that, like that uh, reloads like pretty much instantly. Yeah, yeah. Tom, number two. Uh, well, yeah, I would have had something, something like God of War. I imagine if I'd have played it, <laughs> but it's still in the wrapping. Yes. So uh, instead, I've gone with the game that I played at the end of January. I think so. It was a while ago. Um, it's a game called The Red Strings Club. Here we I go. Don't know <laughs> if you. I'm heard surprised of it. it's got this high on the list until the obscure ones have come out. To be fair, yeah. Uh, this game. Have you guys strip read... club simulator? Right. Uh, no. Oh. No. 
No, no, no. Good Lord, no. Oh, I remember you showing me this. Yes. Um, have you guys I read Brave New World? I think I remember you re- mentioning it, actually. You guys read that book, Brave New World? No. No. It's like a, a famous sci-fi book. It's it Basically, um, there's a drug in that book called Soma, and uh, it's a drug that will eliminate um, depression, anger, and fear. And so so everybody is uh everybody's happy and joyful. Uh but then so so the game is like that too. There's, there's this there's this corporation that is releasing something called social psych welfare, which is uh this system that will eliminate those negative feelings so that people only have positive feelings in their lives. And that that sounds good on the surface but really you know you need the negative in order to understand the positive and so uh these characters have come up with the idea that actually this this corporation is trying to brainwash everybody um beautiful artwork it's like a adventure game it's a devolver digital published game which those games are amazing those uh, they they also published hotline miami the messenger many others um and yeah it's just a it's like a cyberpunk narrative um really really weird in some places some of the stuff you're doing you like some you have to you have to uh take control of a bartender a few times and mix drinks and and by mixing certain concoctions you get characters to uh open up to you about their feelings and stuff because you've mixed a certain concoction um and it's kind of choosing how you respond to people and it, it addresses some really serious issues it's, it, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit about it echoes a little bit about what you were saying with celeste mike it's just it's mm. kind of it, it really asks you, the player, some very searching questions about yourself. And you kind of act that out in the form of these characters. And you're trying to take down this corporation because you're seeing this this drug as a as a, a sign of brainwashing. This is like suppressing people's feelings. Like, it's okay to be sad. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to be fearful or angry. And it just had such an impact. And as I said, I played it way back in January. And it is maintained... It was actually number one on my list until a few months ago. Hmm. Um, what, what is this on, Tom? Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, I think you can only get it on PC or Mac. Um, okay. It hasn't found its way to consoles. It won Best Story of the Year on a few magazines. It's it's won quite a few awards. It's very well received. It's hmm. I, I don't know how more people haven't heard of this game. It's just it, I think it's probably because of its limitations as to in terms of platform. Um, I've never heard of it before. It, if that found its way onto the eShop or or on on the on PSN, I think more people would would jump in. Um, I don't even think you can get it on your phone, which is another which is another kind of strange thing because you you could you know th- in theory play this on on, a, on any device. Um, What's the title again? Sorry, it's called the Red Strings Club. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a strange name, but it's uh, it's very strong writing, very uh, engaging and just a very cool game I, I like anything cyberpunk anyway anything sci-fi dystopian it, it totally right up my alley so that does sound awesome to be fair i might <laughs> i think you'd really like it mike to, might take a fray into some pc gaming for once yeah it's, it's not long either it's about three to four hours i'd say um so you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to be tied to your pc for very long because i don't really like mm. playing games too much on my pc either um but yeah that's my number two I highly recommend it. So now that we're on to number one, do we want to try to take a guess as to what each other's number one is? <laughs> Mega Man 11 is yours. Uh, I think yeah. Mike's is going to be Spider-Man. And I think Dan's yep. is Spider-Man. 
Nope, Dan's Spider-Man is three. Oh, shit. Yep. I think Dan's uh, number one is Astrobot. Don't spoil it yet. <laughs> I think Tom's is going to be Return of the Oberdin. Return of the what? Well, I'm wrong. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> it is a game that's totally up your alley, Tom. Return oh, yeah. of the Oberdin. Is it? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I've sent you a, I... an article about it. Oh, yeah, you have. Yeah, sorry. Eric, yours, I think, Mega Man. Uh, Mike is... Actually, I think you might say Astrobot. Uh, Mike is Spider-Man. Tom, I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> Could be anything. I'm surprised. Something I've never heard of. When you know you're, it'll, it'll, the penny will drop, you'll be like, oh, okay. okay, okay. Now that's a Thomas game. Yeah. Backdoors, let's 12. Mm, well... So- Eric, what is your game of the year? My game of the year. Let me tell you about my <laughs> game of the year. <laughs> you may not have heard of this guy. But Mega Man 11. Shit. Oh, see, I thought you were pulling the red heron and you weren't going to see it. No. I had to. It's just this game was fantastic in every capacity. Um, wow. I was excited for Mega Man to come out in general, but Talk I was also a little hesitant. Eric. What's that? Talk about being predictable. Yeah, but I'm true to what I like. <laughs> this game was fantastic in that, for me, I feel like it's going to revive the Mega Man franchise. Um we saw what happened with Mighty Number no. Nine. Now, granted, that wasn't a Capcom produced game, but it was like the next step forward in, in Mega Man, and it was just crap. Um, <laughs> but what they did with Mega Man Eleven was so perfect in its level of moving the series forward, while also maintaining the level of fan service that that was needed. The new Double Gear system is just incredible. Um, as a as a veteran Mega Man player, it's it still took me a while to wrap my head around it, and I found myself getting to certain aspects of the game, going, "Well, shit, this is really difficult." And then it clicked, like, "Oh yeah, I have this new system that I have to train myself to utilize." And the the length of the levels was just amazing. Uh, a lot of the earlier Mega Man games, you can just blitz through the level really quick, but um, finding your entrance into the rock paper scissors mechanic is very very difficult in this most of the other games have here's a clear-cut entry to it this guy is weak to just the buster cannon this game doesn't have that you can you just have to brute force your way into it and i'll admit it took me a lot longer uh than i had anticipated to actually get into the cycle and start working through enemies um the mid-level bosses and and trying to figure out that they were just little mini bosses that all had their own particular weakness and and utilizing different um boss weapons to to beat them just everything about this game was fantastic i mean all Mega Man jokes aside eric um i was <laughs> when this came out i was concerned that there would be a disappointment for you because you yeah. know as much shit as we all give each other you know we're friends and i didn't want this to come out and be you know you'd be so disappointed well, so yeah, when I, I heard that you were enjoying it and how much you were hammering it when you actually played it, I was, you know, it put a little smile on my face. It was, it was great to see that it was everything you wanted it to be. It was kind of like when uh, Sonic Mania came out for you guys. 
Yes. You know, because Sonic had that that reputation of like, oh, great, here comes another Sonic game. Um, yeah. But, you know, the other thing, too, that I think they did really well in this game is that they didn't, they made it approachable for everybody um, by including a shop where you can actually go and purchase more lives or purchase more E-tanks using bolts that you collect. And you don't have to. You can play through the game without all of that and play it as a traditional Mega Man. But I think that's what put a lot of people off to the original series was that difficulty spike. You had X number of lives and X number of E-tanks to get through the game. And granted, if you're really good at the games, you can do that. But this one, it allowed you to ease your way through it. And yeah, I utilized that. I bought extra E-tanks. I bought... I bought extra lives, but then they give you, they take the aspect of Mega Man X where you can upgrade your character and give them different power-ups, but they weren't just better armor or better gun. They were like, they were, they were different features where when you get hit, you don't fall back as far, or you can change the size of, of, uh, your Mega Buster and just little things like that, that they were minor tweaks to the formula that I think moved it forward far enough to like, okay this is where we need to go. And it kind of brought Mega Man back on the map as this is a, a franchise that that still has legs. I very much got the impression that it pleased a lot of the old school fans, but it was also a very good place for people who've not played Mega Man before to jump in. That's oh, the impression yeah. I got. Yeah. I've not played it, but... I think you guys would genuinely enjoy it. The, the, boss, the, the bosses in this game are friggin' hilarious. The only one that I didn't really care for was Bounce Man. Um, his level got kind of annoying because it's just a bunch of giant bouncy balls. <laughs> oh, God. <sighs> but I think what was really cool was uh, the inclusion of the Yellow Devil. It pissed me off because he's one of the worst Mega Man mini-bosses ever, and it's generally where I and a lot of people consider to be the end of Mega Man 1. Is You get to Yellow Devil, well, you're fucked. You're never going to beat the rest of this game because it's impossible. So when they said, hey, guess what, guys? You know that boss that you hate? Here he is again. And it just kind of forced you to get over that hurdle of, of hatred. <laughs> he's in Smash Bros, isn't he? he on the Mega Man stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, he's that's a pain Yellow in the Devil. ass on that, too. Yep. <laughs> that is Yellow Devil. Uh, but to the, the boss battles, or the boss <clears throat> weapons really quick... Um, I think it's really neat how the double gear system affects those as well because the double gear system gives you the ability to slow down time or charge up your weapon. And when you use it with a boss weapon, it also changes that. So instead of um, throwing out two or three bouncy balls, it throws out a bunch or blocks. It'll For block man, it drops two blocks. And then if you use the, the double gear system, it just drops blocks across the entire screen. So it gives you a, a bunch of different ways to manipulate the environment. And then all the challenges that you have through. Oh, man. The challenges are just absolutely ridiculous. You know? Guys, you started talking about Mega Man. Let me roll, mate. It's his oh, game of the year. It's my <laughs> game. I can't. I, I think you guys all need to at least give it a go. I played the demo. And I am a bit of a Mega Man convert after the show earlier this year. Let us not forget. You are. Mm. So, Eric, similar to your question to me about Zelda, I mean, obviously Zelda isn't a, that huge of a franchise to be as like Mega Man is to you, but gun to your head, if you had to rate this with the other Mega Mans, where would it be? It's in mm. my top three. <clears throat> wow. Nice. It's prob- it probably crazy. goes two, um, then X, uh, then 11. And then three? I don't know. Once you get three through six, it starts to get a little dodgy. Uh, 
when we played Mega Man for the show, I played one through six. And I gained a new appreciation for four, five, and six. And, and a lot of people don't like six because of the different um, power-ups that they gave you. They felt that it was a little too off the beaten path for it. But I really liked four, five, and six. Um, I just, I don't know where I would put those because they're all so similar. Once you get the Mega they Buster... Are very similar games. Yeah, once you get the Mega Buster and the ability to slide, it's just different bosses. It's the same game. Mm. Fair enough. But yeah, Mega Man 11 is in my top three. Wow, high praise. Yeah. yeah. Did anybody really not see that coming from me? No, I, I saw it. I thought, I thought it'd, it'd be in your list. I didn't think it would be number one. Yeah, I didn't think it'd be number one. It was see, either that or God of War I thought you'd have. And I thought, you know, so I thought about that. And I had a hard time putting it above God of War. But for me... This list is about the the best games we played this year, not what we think are the best games. This oh, yeah. had more of an yeah. impact for me than God of War did because I'm much more of a Mega Man fan, and this game had a lot more riding on it than God of War. Yeah, yeah I like God of War. Well, it, I knew it was going to be a great game, but like you said, Mike, there was that level of apprehension with this game coming out, like, please don't be shit, please don't be shit. Mm-hmm. And it came <laughs> out, and it was stellar. So for me, it just it hit all the right notes. I mean, what you said about the games this year, the the best games that we played rather than like the best games of the year. I mean, look at me. I I originally had the Messenger above God of War, and it was only it was only very it was like last couple of days I swapped those back over, and it was when you were talking about that slog when you first get to the Metroidvania part of the Messenger, and that's what made me think. Actually, you know what? Maybe in hindsight, I didn't enjoy it as much as I did, and maybe I enjoyed God of War a bit more. And you know, I originally had God of War at number four. And I would argue that's probably low for anyone's yeah. list. There's been so much out this year, it was kind of hard to weird up because yeah. of exact, like the, the level of quality that's came out this year. This has been a great year for games. Really yeah, I didn't has. think last year it'd be top, to be honest, but... Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. So, that's my number one. Daniel? Daniel is uh, Persona 5. <laughs> <laughs> the 73rd playthrough! <laughs> I'm kidding. It's not. Um, Eric, you'll be delighted to know that you are correct. Astro My game Bot. of the year is Astrobot Rescue Mission. Wow. Oh, God. Let's talk about Astrobot. Holy shit. Holy shit. We're now, not kidding, Tom. This game is stellar. I need this to crack that is open. A land a landmark game for video games. Like there are p- times throughout my life when I can remember like landmark moments in my gaming life. And this is one of them. When I put that VR headset on, when I booted up Astrobot Rescue Mission, and I experienced that game, it will be something that I always remember. To just be part of that world and experience the game in that way, it was just incredible. Like, platformer games are ruined for me now. That's how I was with Moss until I played Astrobot. It's just, it's something else. It's just, it's so well put together. And so, for those who aren't familiar with it, in Astrobot, you control the character Astrobot, but you are another entity, like Eric was saying with Moss, where you are kind of like this robot who is watching Astrobot and as you go through these levels, and you move with him through the levels, but you have control over him, and he runs around you, and you can jump over different things and 
fight enemies and it just uses vr technology in such a creative way like there's one level where a wave comes and it like smashes over your head oh yeah and things like that and then you're underwater and things like that the and music changes with that too oh it's so yeah cool. it's just it's a lot of people have said it's like the super mario 64 it's of VR. so i was gonna bring that and up i like you said i remember where i was the first time i played mario 64 and i remember yeah walking into that castle the first time like holy crap i'm in for a treat astrobot's gonna be the same way yeah it's just i didn't expect to like it as much as i did but the last boss is perhaps one of the most creative bosses i have ever seen in video games the boss battles in general are just creative like the very first one one, with the the monkey where you have to pull his teeth out or you have to bust his teeth and then pull his head down into the 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 ground what I also loved about it is they make the controller a tangible part of the world as well. Right. So you can see your controller when you're in the VR headset, but they've made it kind of look like more futuristic. But Astrobot, for example, when you go into a level, will jump under the um, truck, under the trackpad, and then pop back out and wave at you and things like that. <laughs> but it's just you what slingshot I really... him from it as well, don't you? What's yes, it? slingshot as well. Yeah. Slingshot the the robot from the controller. What I really yeah. like is the um, the other hidden robots that you have to collect. There's eight in each world, and some of them are super obvious, but the the levels are set up in such a way that, you know, Dan, I play this standing up because I move around and look around corners and duck down and look look up and behind me all the time. So I think sitting down is probably not the, the most ideal way to play it because there are times where you need to completely turn around or... or um, something like that to find a, a character and they're just hidden in the goofiest spots that really encourage you to explore the world physically instead of just move your robot around yeah i had to create i had to create my head a lot to get around different things and i <laughs> and did stand i did stand up a lot and things like that but it's yeah the soundtrack finding all those too. guys soundtrack is excellent as well really nice. good catchy tunes um, what a year every, for every yeah every level has a hidden chameleon in it mm-hmm. which if you find unlocks a challenge based on that level so there's all the core levels so you get five worlds these big expansive environments and then you get all these challenges to do as well have i haven't you, done them all yet have you gone into the the space uh the the spaceship and collected all the diorama pieces i haven't yet but apparently they they get like really like uh, big and expansive and things like that and just but one of the things that blew my mind was just the fact that astrobot he's down on the floor and i looked down at him and I was not expecting anything to happen. And they waved at me. It yeah. was amazing. <laughs> well, and it's it's so it's neat, just... too, because the, the levels are set up in such a way where you're not just following him or he's going left to right. Like You'll have to have him jump up and go behind you and walk across a beam that comes right in front of your face. And as he's walking by, he'll look at you and wave and then just be on his merry way. Oh, it's just so cool. It's really... This is... I think, like Mike said about God of War, there is, there's console-defining... You buy a console for a game. If you're going to buy a VR headset, buy it for Astrobot. Yeah. The fact that this game was getting 10 out of 10s when like yeah. it was almost kind of unheard of. Um, not the 10 out of 10, I mean the game itself was kind of unheard of and it just came out as a 10 and mm. yeah, I I play I've only played the demo. I do have the full game. But I've only played the demo, but the moment I started it, I knew that Dan would love it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I, it, I knew I would like it, but I didn't expect to love it and it to be so impactful as it was. But I can't oh. even describe the feeling of putting in and being in VR and just 
being by myself and feeling like I'm actually in that world. Because obviously I tried VR with you guys down there, but to experience it by yourself and be fully immersed in Astrobot's story, essentially, is just something that will always stay with me. Dan, did you think that two years ago you would think that a VR game would be the top of your list in 2018? No. <laughs> that's why I can't once, believe. But, tr- <laughs> but trying VR for yourself and getting it for yourself is a different experience well, you, to like just you know, seeing it. It's interesting to hear your mindset shift because two years ago you were really poo-pooing VR. You're like, this is a fad. It will not last. And um, you know, even when I bought my PSVR, you're like, nah, you know, there's really going to be no good games for it. And you were still kind of really hesitant on it. So to see your mindset shift is is excellent. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, oh, yeah. I, looking back at that, it's, it's something you have to try for yourself. VR can't be experienced until you put on that headset. That's the thing. You can watch a trailer for a game on VR, but that oh, does not yeah. do it justice. Uh, you watch yeah. Astrobot. You watch Astrobot on a trailer, it'll look like a generic platformer. You put on that VR headset, you are in that platformer. You, you know, have Astrobot a, would a have tangible been a great, effect on the world. Astrobot would have been a great platformer on its own, but the fact that they made it for VR just really lent that extra mile to it. Yeah. Like little things as well. There's certain enemies that kick footballs at you. You can head them back at them and things like that. And it's just... The only... Oh. The only criticism that i have and it's very minor i wish they would have given you more of your tools to utilize throughout the world you're only given um abilities at certain aspects within the game yeah like the grappling hook and the cannon and things or this the, oh, that's, the, an, that's another thing the grappling hook you can use it to latch on hooks and then you make tight ropes but the tight rope comes from your controller so Astrobot jumps on it, and then you can like flick your controller up, and it'll chuck him up in the air and yeah. things like that. It's, huh. Oh, it's just amazing. Tom, you need to unwrap it. You need to play it. Yeah. Do I have to? Do I still have to play Moss first? I would. <laughs> I would. On, yeah, honestly, because if I feel like if you if you play Astrobot first and then go back to Moss, you're going to be disappointed. No. Oh, okay. Bollocks. But definitely play it. Do not just go sealed. Yeah. Just going back slightly to uh, Dan's perception of it all changing, but I feel like the industry on PSVR specifically has changed anyway. Like this time last year, you'd struggle to name five decent actual VR games, whereas now you could quite easily, you know, you could you could choice pick ten to make an yeah. actual top ten list and leave some out. I don't That's think true. VR is going to be the way of the future for gaming. I feel like it still has a lot of shortcomings that. I don't think we'll ever fully be able to iron out the lack of true mobility short of getting one of those stupid stationary <laughs> treadmills. Um, that's an expensive investment. I think VR has a very firm foothold within gaming and there are very um, positive influences it's going to have, but I think it won't become the primary gaming platform. Well, look at when the Wii came out. Mm. Everyone thought that that's what motion controls were the future. And, you know, there is a place in the world. I know we all bitch about motion controls, but there is a place for them. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, when I had a Wii and a PS3, like, sometimes I didn't want to play the Wii because I didn't want to do the motion controls. Not because well, I didn't want to hate didn't Not because I hated them, but because I didn't fancy playing that at the time. The VR, it's a different controller yeah, in I a love, way. And sometimes I, I enjoy playing VR, sometimes I don't. Well, look how quickly I'd... Sony dropped the 6-axis. Yeah. You know, oh, people yeah. just want yeah. to play a game. You know, go back yeah. and play the original Uncharted. How annoying is it to have to balance Nathan Drake every log you walk across? Uh, and the grenades. Yeah. How far you throw them and stuff. 
Yeah. <laughs> but I love I love the move controllers in VR. I've, I've only had them a few days. Like I said, I don't like having immediate fun. But, um, you know, but you know, you, there's some days you just but, want to um, sit down and play a game and not have to be moving. Oh yeah, there's sometimes yeah. I don't play on VR at all, yeah. like in a day. But then I might sit down and play like Spyro or something like that, you know. And then, but there's some days like I was playing Super Hot yesterday with the move controllers, and the fact that you can like when you're in it, you kind of forget you're holding the move controllers, and they feel like yeah. an extension of your hands. Like in Super Hot, you for example, you can pick up a gun and then aim at people, shoot them, then. For example, pick up a knife, throw that at someone, <laughs> then bonk somebody on the head with a hammer. <laughs> it's just brilliant. I really hope My- that in the next iteration, whether it's PS5 and then PSVR 2, they, they give you gloves that can manipulate and show different fingers on there, and you can that pick That would stuff be amazing. Up. I think that's that's where we're going. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Anyway, that is my game of the year. Nice. Mike, tell us about yes. yours. I know what it is. So, my game of the year is Goof Trip. No, <laughs> no, it's, it's obviously Spider Man. Obviously, yeah, it's obviously Spider Man. Persona Five. <laughs> no, no, I am. Um, I mean, right, Spider-Man games over the years, uh, they've toed and froed. I mean, Spider-Man 2, the one that linked to the movie, was, was, you know, it was great. I think if we actually went back and played it, would it be? I'm not sure, because I wouldn't let Dan play it for the show. Um, (laughs) But but no, in all seriousness, you know, this this is not only the best Spider-Man game of all time. This is potentially the greatest superhero game of all time. The way this... Controversial. Oh, I don't oh, think it's no. controversial. No. no. Don't get me somebody wrong. Who's, I I generally don't care too much about superhero games. Uh, this game was incredible, and I yeah, I am not a Spider-Man fan. Uh, I loved this game. As as a as a, a fairly bigish Spider-Man fan, as I said on the the show when we spoke about it, you know, I'm not exactly a super fan. I don't know the complete ins and outs, but he is my favorite superhero and. Going back to what Dan said, you know, controversial because I'm I'm guessing he's on about Arkham. Yeah, Arkham yes. is fantastic. Makes you feel like Batman, but there are parts <laughs> of that that don't feel very Batman-esque. I've mentioned on the show before about how sometimes the battle system in Arkham doesn't necessarily always feel like Batman because he's this huge hulking figure, and sometimes he's doing these fucking huge like cartwheel <laughs> flips across the room. Um, it just didn't feel like he had that heaviness all the way through. Whereas this, like that kind of combat, was made for Spider-Man. You, you were honestly, every single time you were you were fighting in that game, yeah, it could get a little repetitive at times, um, but you felt like an absolute badass. You could flip off the, you know, jump off the walls, use all your little gadgets and everything like that, and it just made you feel incredible. And I remember Hazel was watching me play it, and she was like, you're really good at this. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so simple to yeah. do everything in it. Like, it you feel such a badass and you do everything in it so well and they nailed the controls so it's all so simple to do. It could be very complicated, but it's not. And it was the web swinging for me. Yeah. That was yeah. the highlight. Like that was they what I was about nailed to it. Like a Spider-Man game lives and dies on its web swinging and there's a die-hard community of people who would know if something was wrong and they absolutely knocked it out of the park. They did and just the, the traversal around the city with, with the with the swinging it there was fast travel in it but you very rarely used it i, I mean i think the most time i used it was to get a trophy because i think you have to use it yeah, five that's times me to get a trophy. Well. and 
you know, a mission would be all the way across the map, and you just you'd you wouldn't you know other games like oh I've got to go all the way over there, be like oh yes I get to go all the way over there, and you know stop some crimes on the way, and I don't you, think you I could used... just play the game for an hour swinging round and have fun. Yeah, that's that's how it is. I think I only used and, fast travel a couple times, and the way that. The way the music swells with when when you get up in the air. So if you land on a building, the music stops, and then like the moment you start swinging, it it it's, you know starts to creep in again. And as you finally get swinging through the air, it just swells to this huge like crescendo and like the huge kind of string based superhero music. And the story was great as well. It did it t- did what Arkham did, where it took ideas from spider-man and then created its own universe rather than trying to link itself to a movie or to a cartoon or anything like that it it just created its own stories within it and i think that was the right way to go yeah it's very much insomniac spider-man with marvel's Mm. blessing yeah And and that's why it's a unique kind of entity it as someone who Yes. Oh, sorry, my internet's being funny again. Uh, no, as someone, <laughs> as someone who knows like a lot of the, I know like quite a few of the stories that they they took from in the game. It was really nice to see their spins on it. Um, you know, there was bits you'd expect and then bits you, that surprised you, and it was this really mm-hmm. nice balance of that. And the great thing about it now is um, Insomniac Spider-Man is actually getting its own comic book, so that's being linked. And in the most recent Spider-Man film, Into the Spider-Verse, like the costume from it is actually an Easter egg in it that you see in the background as well. Okay, so cool. it's nice that they're getting that recognition. Nice. Um, and then now, going back... Sorry, go on. No, it's all right, Mike. You go ahead. Oh, um, and then going back to what we said about God of War with the voice acting, like this... This game, like every single bit of dialogue, is incredibly performed. Well, I felt like I was watching we- a movie every single time something came on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's and- a really good Peter Parker. That's yeah. That's what the the thing is. Spider Man is Peter Parker and Spider Man, and they nailed both aspects. That's why it differentiates itself. I think. Yeah, and I said that on the I said that on the show that you know a decent Spider Man needs to be a decent Peter Parker as well, and we've been really really lucky these past few years where we had a fantastic new live action Peter Parker Spider Man in Tom Holland in the um, in Spider Man Homecoming and Infinity War, and then I can't, I don't know the the actor's name in Spider Man the game, but he absolutely nails it. And then also recently I said about the most recent Spider Man film, um, the animated one in my opinion, is arguably the best Spider-Man film ever. You know, you get a great Peter Parker in that as well as a great Miles Morales. And yeah. it's just a really, really good time to be a Spider-Man fan. And the game really encapsulates that. Spider-Man, Insomniac Spider-Man, also holds one of the only games in history that has made me cry. Like, the storytelling is that good. Hmm. Uh, my internet dumped again, sorry. What did you say? I said Spider-Man made me cry. Like a little oh, bit. yeah, me too. I mean, that's what I thought you said, but me too. Uh, yeah, it's sad. Yeah. It is, but it was very, 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 very good. The only reason it is not higher on my list, Mike, is I felt some of the collect-a-thon things were a bit excessive. And I got the platinum trophy, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> I felt like it was a bit of padding. I think the side quests could have been better. Mm, yeah, some of them, but again, for me, I was... I. As soon as a new side, because you know it gave you the side quests as you went through, it didn't give you everything straight away. 
I yeah. as soon as I got a new side quest, I went and did it. Then went back to the story. Then the new side quest, I'd do the entire thing. So it was that traversal again. That traversal made me want to go and do them. It never felt like a chore to go and do them. But I get, I see yeah. a point. That's why I kept going with it because I loved the moving around the city and stuff like that. But yeah. at times it made me like because, for example, on Arkham City and Arkham Knight, I loved the side quests. I thought they were really well done. There was a lot to them, and these ones just kind of felt like just not much effort really. Yeah, no, I see what Something you mean. Something to work on for the inevitable sequel, no doubt. Yeah. They followed it up with some great DLC as well. Um, they did those three parts. I know you didn't bother. Um, but, like, the first and third one's great. The second one is a bit kind of by the numbers. But um, the the first one has a lot of interaction with um, Black Cat on it. And um, the, the, one of the greatest things about the, the dialogue and the writing in this game as well was the personal relationships. So, you know, in the main game, there's bits where you're in the middle of rescuing people and peter and mary jane are having an argument or like you see him like awkwardly texting her after a mission and things like that um the relationship that he has with black cat in just a dlc pack is you know the the writing doesn't stop there they, they still put all of the effort in and you know he starts having all these issues with black cat that are personal issues as well that stem from their history and it was nice to see that they still put all that effort in on that rather than just kind of milking out this dlc I liked all the references to Spider-Man history and things like that as well. Like, for example, anybody who's played Spider-Man 2 will remember the infamous missions where you had to rescue a balloon from a child who always lost his balloon. And there's a little Easter egg in that, referencing that and things like that. And I just thought that was great. There's, I've like, not um, found it myself, but apparently you can, if you go up to a certain building, you can hear you know, the music that used to play while you're doing the pizza missions. Yeah, I know. Yeah, apparently yeah. you can hear that. There's also, Spider-Man at one point says he's only got three chest hairs, and if you put on his shirtless costume, he only has three chest hairs if you zoom in. <laughs> it's just brilliant. But yeah, to sum this up, this this was my number one game, because this was the game I just outright pure joy was all the way through this year. Um, I, I was smiling for a lot of it. I'm glad I picked it up, because when it was first announced and you guys were all up about it, I just really don't want to play that. I'm super glad I bought it. I played it for the first time last night. And? It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. That first time you jump out the window, it's just awesome. It was amazing because it kept... uh, Obviously, I'm at the beginning of it, so uh, I finished the first uh, mission, if you like, and then it's like, oh, now go and do this, and oh, look at this. There was no... It didn't give me a moment to actually quit... I just I was like, okay, I'll do that, and then I'll stop. Okay, now I'll just do that. Yeah. Oh, now I'll do I love, that. I love games like that where you want to stop, but you don't yeah, want to stop. You just kept I've been looping. doing it with Smash over the past few days, like <laughs> just one more level on World of Light, kind of. And then next thing I know, it's an hour later. You know, it's just it's great. Wow. All right, Tom. Let's hear what obscure game you have. Oh yeah. All right. Fucking hell. Here we go. Um, my number one is Quantic Dreams Detroit Become Human. Oh! oh. Yes. My mom just finished that game and she said it was fantastic. Yes. So it's so it's hard to not talk. I won't talk too much about it because obviously it's almost entirely story. So I don't really want to spoil anything. Um, yeah, I'm still very early in it. Yeah, but what I will say is it's it's basically, if you don't know the premise, uh, humans are exploring a future where artificial intelligence has reached the point of sentience. Uh, it's too late for humanity to back down from understanding the complications that arise when consciousness 
develops inside these new androids um and the androids want free will you know they what they want they they they've been given such consciousness that is now ethically not right for these guys uh to be treated like slaves because they're essentially serving humans in this world in this the year is 2038 in Detroit and that's the only purpose that uh androids exist is to serve humans and so when you begin the game you you control i think it's three different androids of all different backgrounds so you have like one who's like a servant to a really rich guy and one who's like a cleaner um and then you have one who's actually a police detective assisting other humans in like police investigations he's so cool and yeah it's just ah uh, i don't know it's it, it makes you it makes uh it paints humans in such a light that we are just such shitty people because it's totally imaginable that this would happen that we just you know, we give something life and and sentience and a conscious and a meaning and a and a and a, and a, a purpose in life, but we don't think that they're real and they don't feel pain or or empathy, uh, and we don't care how they're treated. But really, they actually they do feel this way, and um, so it kind of gives you it blurs this line here between okay, ha- what is it? What is an object and what is actually a living, breathing thing, so to speak. Um, so it's just you know as with all david cage's games you know it's a it's sort of a choose your own adventure really you know just like choosing what how you respond to things but this one even more so you know. oh yeah definitely definitely um you 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 the decisions are really uh every every decision they've they've made a decision to make every decision quite impactful rather than just just you know nothing like it, it just it feels like you're always under pressure and there's a lot of tension. Can I still of... press X to Jason? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's Not no Jasons. Uh, even um, as simple as the, the first mission when you are playing as the detective android, um, mm-hmm. everything that you do before you go out and engage the, the, um, the guy who's holding the kids hostage affects mm-hmm. your percentage of oh, yes, success. That's right. Now, just because yeah. your percentage is at 99% success rate still doesn't mean that you're going to succeed because you have to utilize the information that you have found while looking at different items and objects and talking to people within the apartment before you walk out onto the rooftop. It just gives you more um, uh, prompts and choices to increase your chances of a positive outcome. Yeah, totally. And what's really cool is you get to the end and it shows you this big web of here's the route that you took here are all the other routes you could have taken here's all the end it doesn't tell you what they are but you just see how interconnected this is like writing this must have been an absolute headache oh i saw the uh on david cage's twitter he posted a picture of the flowchart they used to 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 write this game and it is like spaghetti it is ridiculous how how many different ways this can go um it must have taken forever i mean i remember the project cara demo from like way back when uh and it's so cool they managed to finally bring this to life and what really shines through is just some of the simple details and props that are dotted around so um in almost every chapter there's a digital magazine that can be read and interacted with by swiping the touchpad on the ps4 dualshock yep to, to like turn the page and there's like news headlines of uh conflict politics and environmental issues and ethics like it's all relevant to the, the world that's been built um 
And uh, another neat touch is that when you load the game up, there's this Android's face that greets you onto the main menu and just tells you about all the options and stuff as if she's like serving serving you, you the playing the game. And what you notice, and this isn't a spoiler, but it's just every time you boot the game up and you've progressed a little bit on the story, you notice her behavior changes. You know, she's, she's... Press up and X to select Dan mode. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and she's like, you know... Because the whole thing is about uh, these these androids are, that are known by humans as deviants, like you know, and uh, she's starting to question, like even just the main menu, like Android is starting to question her like role in this world. They're like, is this all I'm good for? Is telling people to choose easy mode or normal mode? It's very Blade like, Runner. This game. It's very yeah, totally. Um, man, it, it's it it's pretty good actually. I might pick it up. It's real I, good. I, yeah, and, and it's one of those games. I, I just bought it when it came out because I just really, really wanted it. I'm a big fan, but it's one of those that you can pick up definitely for less than twenty pounds now. I think mm. you know those games always get heavily reduced. Yeah, it's I think I kind grabbed of a, it for fifteen bucks on Black Friday. Yeah, it's very mid tier, um, and it's not for everyone and all that mm. kind of stuff. But it tells a really interesting story. The chapters have a solid structure, flowed nicely. Every scene is all the, all the stressful scenes of try to achieve something within a tight time limit would be shortly followed by a more relaxed and emotional dialogue scene between like Kara, who's the main uh, female android and she's got this like little human companion um and and she's trying to you know tell uh, you know she manages to convince try and convince this little girl like you know not all not all androids are bad and and that we can live in harmony and it's just it just it's it's very much trying to bring humans and androids together and and I can't go any further without spoiling, so I'll just kind of leave it there. But I, I think you guys would really like it. I think loads of people would really love it because it's very relevant to the future of AI and where we're at today. Well, and even um, some of today's current brightest minds have said our biggest threat in the future is AI. Yeah, exactly. You know, we don't need to fear nuclear war. We need to fear AI. Like we're we're getting yeah. into dangerous ground with it. Because as cool as AI is, as soon as it's in the wrong hands, uh, and inevitably that that's just the way that's just the human condition, isn't it? Yep. We we, we fuck things up. Take it to a point <laughs> of no return. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then you keep going, and it becomes factory sealed. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's by no means the best game, but it's definitely my favorite game that I played this year. Like it just was really really good. See, I w- I'm going to pick oh, this up. I think for um, I'm going to pick this up for Hazel. Um, I mean, mm. we played the demo together, and she seemed really into it. But we um, last night we watched—I don't know if you guys know—but this sounds like going on a tangent, but it is linked. Um, the new Black Mirror episode, um, Bandersnatch, is on Netflix. Oh and, yeah, love Black and Mirror. Going, and there's five different endings, and as you go through, you make choices, like like on Detroit. So like while you're watching, it comes up on the bottom of the screen. Like you, this isn't a spoiler. So like the first choice you do on it is which cereal does you want to eat for breakfast. And all the way through, you're making all these choices, and like you end up getting all these different endings and stuff. And we we sat for, apparently, it can be as, as short as like 45 minutes or as long as like an hour and a half if you just do one kind of sitting. Me and Hazel watched it for about two hours last night, and we had a look. We got like four of the five endings, and wow. when we went, we went to bed straight afterwards. I don't even know what time Hazel went to sleep because she was laid there with her phone in her hand, just looking at all of the Easter eggs, all of the choices, all these things going through. And she, I said to her, what time did you go to sleep? She's like, I don't even know. And like the first thing she did when she woke up this morning is like, oh, can I tell you about this? Can I tell you about this? I was like, can I please just wake up first? But I think she'd, I think she'd 
I think she'd love to play Detroit. I mean, I know she's played Heavy Rain before in the past, and she enjoyed that. And I think this would be the perfect game for her to jump into because See, of I enjoyed Heavy stuff. Rain, not so much Beyond Two. Yeah, Souls. Beyond was a little. Oh, Beyond wasn't a good game, unfortunately. It was just they had some good ideas, but it just didn't work very well. And also, mm. uh, during the quick time event scenes in Beyond, they didn't use button prompts. They you just had to like kind of guess based on the way the character models moved but it was always very difficult uh they fixed that again for detroit so it's more like heavy rain uh, with proper button okay. prompts um they're still a bit it's still a bit funky with the the movement controls i don't think they've ever nailed that to be honest with you uh it suffers a little bit of that thing where you know when like you just when you stand up half off a seat and you haven't pressed the analog stick enough and then they <laughs> hover in midair yeah. Yeah. and you're kind of like will you stand up for god's yeah. sake or like you know when on Resident Evil tank controls when you go round a corner and suddenly your perspective changes where up is no, is no longer forward it's like right or something. There's a bit of that where the camera switches a bit too a bit of strangely, Ugh. but small things like that. But it doesn't it doesn't affect the the story and uh, that's really why you play those games. Hmm. And that's our top ten. That's it. That's that's every that's, that's every. it. Guys, you know yeah. what game wasn't on anybody's list. Final Fantasy Nine, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, but also Final Fantasy Nine, which surprised yeah. me. Yeah. And Final Fantasy Eight or Seven. Crash Bandicoot. Uh, I'm trying to think now. <laughs> Oni Mushy Peas. Hit, Hitman. I was surprised um, uh, the Spyro remake wasn't on yours, Dan. Yeah, it's all right. So, it's, in the interest of we time... We only cleared it recently, though, so it's kind of... Red Dead similar. Redemption, I can't believe that was on, not on anybody's list. To touch on I mean, that I quickly, it. I mean, it's a it's a cool simulator as a game. It kind of... Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm still going to buy it, I think, but... Wow. Well, I, fi- I finished it. I enjoyed it, but it's... Yeah, as they say, it's a bit cumbersome to play it as a game. Yeah. It's a really cool simulator. It would have been better if they toned down the realistic simula- simulation of it. As a technical marvel, awesome. As a game, yeah. yeah. I traded it in three weeks after buying it, and I, the last week of it, I didn't even pick it up because every time I thought about picking it up, I was like, I just really don't want to. Um, like Eric said, technical marvel, like an achievement in gaming, but I wasn't having any fun whatsoever. Yeah. So, in the interest of time, uh, let's kind of blitz through a couple things here. Let's talk about our uh, couple honorable mentions, um, worst game we played, and biggest disappointment. Mm. Do you want to go in the same order? Do you want to go first, Eric? Yeah, so my honorable mentions were Final Fantasy IX, um, Illusion of Gaia, Red Faction Remastered, uh, Burnout Paradise Remastered, um, Corpse Party, and Super Smash Brothers. I couldn't put Smash on my list because it's it's a party yeah. game. Like it's not to me. It's it's something that you do with friends. It's not a it's not a game you sit down and play in that capacity. Like I don't care about World of Light at all. I played it to unlock all the characters. So when I have friends over, we can play Smash. <laughs> yep. Oh, and Mutant Football League. <laughs> On the Genesis? 
No, the PS4. The Genesis one was Mutant League Football. This is by oh. the same team, but they didn't own the IP rights, so they called it Mutant Football League. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Dan, your honorable mentions. Um, not many, really. Um, Nino Kuni 2. I would say Persona 5 again, because I did play New Game Plus this year. Um... Maybe Xenoblade Chronicles 2 on Switch. I'll enjoy it. I haven't finished it yet. Um, Final Fantasy 9. I enjoyed Onimusha. I thought Onimusha was quite good, but not good enough for the list. Um, possibly Metal Gear Solid 2. And maybe Stranger's Wrath as Ooh. well. Oh, nice. Oh, let's not start oh, this. Oh, stranger! You didn't make the game of the year list. <laughs> you stinky turd! You stinky, stupid Steve! Mike, your honorable mentions. So this was on my game of the year list last year, but I finished it in January. Um, start uh, South Park Stick of Truth. Uh, fucking hilarious. Um, Binding of Isaac. I bought it on a whim on Switch and it was my go-to just pick up and play on my Switch for ages um, I had these all in my head and I can't remember oh Smash same reason Eric I couldn't put it on a list as much as I'm enjoying it um, and Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu oh nice mm. nice uh, for me Honorable mentions, yeah, Smash, for the same reason as you guys. Um, Florence was on there. Uh, Shadow of the Team Raider, uh, great, just didn't make the list. And then I've put down here Persona 5 as well, because I'm about 20 hours in, but not enough to put on the list. But Boo. I sense it being on, another, on a future list then, don't worry. Good, I'm glad you're enjoying it. It is good. It's big. Long. Hard. Mm. <laughs> Worst game we played. I'm probably going to offend a lot of people here, but I'm going to say Bully. Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I did not enjoy my time with that game. Yeah, and, fair enough, Looking man. back yeah. over the 50-some-odd games I played this year, it stands out as my least favorite one. That I Like, every time I sat down to play it, I'm like, I don't want to be doing this. <laughs> Yeah, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Um, fair enough. That's the worst game you played, or was, was that the worst game you played that year, this year? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dan? Full throttle. <laughs> hated it. Because you didn't know how to play it. I just hated I it. It was terrible. I totally forgot you guys played that. I didn't play it. I was a moving countries at the time. Yeah, a string of shows where you were yeah. emigrating. <laughs> Yeah, and also Bully. Yeah, see. All right, Mike, you? Has he gone? Mike. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, sorry, Eric, just cause one. I could see that, yeah. It's a, it's <laughs> a jank. Oh, yeah, add that to my list as well. <laughs> <laughs> freaking terrible. <laughs> it's a janky game, but it spawned a phenomenal series. Uh, it's terrible to play, though. Tom, what about you? Uh, I didn't play too many 
terrible games, but I did play Destiny 2, and that was my worst game this year. Ugh. Yes, thank God. I played <laughs> played the first hour, and I just thought it was total fucking garbage. I'm sorry. Ugh. I imagine it's fun with friends, of which I have zero. So It is pants. It is pants. <laughs> My God! So I, one thing I, don't, I learned from that is never listen to an Eric. I wish I knew what the pull was, but I just didn't grab it. Whatever it was, you have uh, to play it with friends. Yeah, that sounds that's like the it. pull. Um, good Lord, good yeah. Lord, yeah. Biggest disappointment for me was Sea of Thieves. I was really excited oh. for that game, and when it came out, like this is. I boring. think you were having fun with it online. Uh, yeah, Zach and I played the beta. I'm like, this has some great potential. And then it came out and it was exactly like the beta. Like, well, oh, no. how often do I want to just float around in a ship and what? Haven't they No Man's Sky in? It's like been patched to fucking. It's a completely different game now. Uh, I ass- no, I think it's still a bit janky. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, because I, I, it's on Game Pass and I was thinking of maybe playing it with you one night. I'd download it and play it with you. You have to play it with people of, of, of a like mindset. Um, it's just when you get dropped into this random world, they're going to be people who have bigger and better ships and are better at the game. They just come by and assault you. And there's really, at least when I played it, there's nothing to do other than float around and maybe find some treasure on an island. It's just a big disappointment for me. I had higher hopes for it. Daniel? I don't think I've had many disappointments this year, to be honest. I would say, from the factory sealed shores, my biggest disappointment. What was I going to say? It's gone. <laughs> Just cause. And then, well, yes, that was quite disappointing, but <laughs> definitely a cry. Oh yeah. Like, uh... I didn't hate it, but I expected more from it hmm. I feel the same way about that actually and I could fill your dog soul with light <laughs> Mike what about you biggest disappointment we've already touched it but Red Dead like I, I wasn't caught into the hype but I pre-ordered it last minute because I thought it was going to be absolutely phenomenal and just how dull I found it it was yeah massive massive disappointment Oh. Uh, I had two disappointments this year. Um, first one was Mafia 3. Oh. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Mafia series. The first two games I loved. Uh, and the third one, it just, it's sloppy. It, 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 it's, it looks gorgeous, but it's super sloppy. Um, I liked the setting in it. Yeah, it's, and, the, and the time period and everything, they nail quite a few bits and the writing is great. But the gameplay, it just... It was so repetitive and shitty. It's really lazy. That's too bad. Um, yeah, so I gave up after sort of after a bit. And then oh, the other disappointment was uh, Lost Sphere. It's like yeah. from the same guys that oh, did yeah. I Am Set Sooner. And oh my god, they totally fucked it. <laughs> that that game sucks. Well, they should have made I Am Urge and be done with it. Yeah. Uh, I have one bad. more honorable mention that I actually just finished over the holiday season. It was donut county oh it's basically reverse katamari where you play as a hole and you suck things up it's only about hour and 45 minutes long oh yeah (laughs) um (laughs) that actually i've heard that's very good actually the thing that pissed me off about it is i didn't want to play it on my phone so i bought it on switch 
for almost triple the price. Uh. It was twelve ninety nine on Switch, four ninety nine on phone. It's wow. just should have bought it on phone then, man. I should have, but I wanted it on my Switch. So, uh, let's see here. One game you wish you'd played this year. Um, yeah, go Just on. Just cause four, maybe. I sorry, Eric. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I wish I played a way out. Yeah, and God of War. Yeah, I kind of wanted to play Detroit as well. I wish I think about it. I would have. I think played. Detroit's on there for me. Mine would have been Return of the Obra Dinn. Hmm, but it's only on PC, so. Shadow of the Ombreda. <laughs> I've got it. I got it for Christmas, but I haven't even opened it yet. I would have all. said Tetris Effect, but I started playing it last night. I thought Save Watch Dogs 2 might be on your list, Dan. What, sorry? Watch Dogs 2. I've played it. I thought it might be on your list, though, for like one of your favorite games this year. Really? <laughs> I don't know. You played it and you loved no. it. And I didn't. Oh, where'd you get that from? I thought you said you loved it because you were chatting no, about it. I, I was replaying it and kind of it's all right. It's just I feel like that series is just a bit meh. Yeah, fair enough. The first one was a bit meh. The second one's a bit meh. Guys, guys, guys. Yes. Should we get to some favorite memories of the year? Yes. We all knew this was going to be a long show, so we'll uh, we'll kind of not blitz through this, but um, we had some listeners share their favorite moments throughout the year, and we just kind of wanted to add to that. I, we each have kind of some of our own favorite moments, and then a few little housekeeping issues at the end, and then we'll uh, wrap up here, because I think we might actually crest into our first ever four-hour show. <gasps> Good Lord. All right, first one up, Jeremy Sanford. Hands down, the Eric's Head Photoshop contest. <laughs> that was ridiculous. I think 2018, uh, backtrack, 2018 spawned some of the most ridiculous factory sealed stuff to date. With the photoshopping being one of them. Eric's Head is the gift that keeps on giving. I'm, I'm just glad I'm that attractive. <laughs> Jeremy just went way, way... He went the extra mile with all of the shit that he kept photoshopping. I, I enjoyed that contest. That was a ton of fun. Yes, it was at my expense, but it was a ton of fun. Does anybody else want to help me read through this? I can tell Dan's starting to go into Dan mode. <laughs> I'll tell you no, I, haven't got it. I haven't got it up, sorry, oh. so I can't. No. Oh, yeah. Taylor Favor says, Piss Eyes, funniest moment ever. I also got a co-worker into the podcast because of it. <laughs> Amazing. That, I think, was a, that was a special moment. So, skipping ahead to my favorite moment of the year, it had to have been going to MoCon and experiencing Piss Eyes firsthand. That As moment... As you never thought you'd say. That, that, mo- that moment of sitting on, on, on that couch with ben watching zach 
move faster than I think Zach probably should have been moving towards us. And just this determination is us. We need to leave now. <laughs> it was, oh God, it was so funny. And speaking of Zach, his uh, favorite moment, I really enjoyed meeting up with everyone in St. Louis and then chatting about it on the show. Shame about that kid there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a common thread. So let's just get this out of the way. Santos Lopez says, rest in peace, Tyrone. Uh, we've got Chad Hager. I mean, pissiest creation story. I'm not sure I've laughed harder this year. Um <laughs> <laughs> Matt Laflamme, another vote for piss eyes. I was listening at work and almost spit coffee all over my computer. It, I'm afraid for January. I mean, everybody needs to be wearing some goggles. <laughs> uh, Ralph Caffrey's memory. My immediate reaction is Daniel's impression of the villagers in Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> you want to boil now, lad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that My, was a classic that Miles a Prower one. touches on another gift that keeps on giving uh, <laughs> we discovered the true beauty of Het this year anything to do with Het <laughs> especially the newspaper clippings Het happenings is just a, a beautiful thing <laughs> I'm glad really my hometown brings so much joy to everybody <laughs> uh, I gotta look this up Steph A so, Knee it's Stephanie. I, I get it. <laughs> so I was confused by this as well. She just posted a picture of, um, well, it was a gift from the Lion King of Simba being held up above Pride Rock by Rafiki. And I had to question her about it. So I forgot this had happened, but on the Factory Sealed Unwrapped for episode 151, Tom and Eric are just there chatting. And then suddenly I come in doing the entire intro to A Circle of Life. <laughs> From the Lion King. <laughs> Sounds In- like you. <laughs> including the full... I remember that one. Full volume. <laughs> uh, Shannon McIntosh. Not a show moment, but I have a good time playing Mario Kart with people on the Facebook group earlier in the year while chatting on Discord. Yeah, hear that, Dan? Playing hours. Mario Kart. Mario Kart with a pro controller. Yeah. Well, I've got yeah. Smash now, so you can play that instead. Yeah, right. You missed out Sarah Irvin and Juliet. Eric. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Sarah Irvin, David Hayter, the whole episode. You guys started the year off right. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. one of my favorite moments of the year altogether, let alone for the show. Yeah. yeah. I just love the story he told about when he was in the theater and he scared the shit out of that guy <laughs> with the solid snake voice. That was that was just genius. I think we'll have a I think we'll have a solid start to 2019. Yeah, we get one show in before the the true shebang, but I think 2019 is going to start with a bang. <laughs> Juliet, as much as I've enjoyed all the usual shenanigans, I have to say the playthrough Final Fantasy IX it was a dream come true. Also, the continual Het saga. How could I not pick <laughs> at least one shenanigan? <laughs> yeah, she was honest for quite a while to play Final Fantasy IX. Yeah. I think we did it justice for her. Yeah, I think so. She said we yeah. did, so... A um, cool. couple of comments on our main Facebook page. Uh, one is from Mark Masheshi. Uh, Gotta give love to the Beyond Oasis Unwrapped episode 164. All the prostate bonding talk and more hilarity. I'll give one of my top 2008... Oh, and then he talks about his game is year. So shall we 
<laughs> so yeah. the prostate bonding. Yeah, I had to go back and listen to this. <laughs> yeah. Refresh yeah. us. That was a special I didn't remember one. that. Is that where we're all just talking about the issues we've had? <laughs> I yes. think we're talking about our incidences having our prostates checked. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, where Christy's in the room with me. and Yeah. 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 <laughs> me having to ask for one because no one would give me one. <laughs> Truly, I mean... Me, me screaming in pain because it was so horrible. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't have access to the unwrapped... It's worth a dollar. <laughs> it's just for the prostate so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> and Eric doesn't help either, because I mentioned to him earlier that I listened to one of the unwraps the other day where there's just four minutes of him clicking on his keyboard for until someone joins it. <laughs> I said, Eric, you're not going to edit that out? Because no, it's the unwrapped. So that's how it started. That's how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> I literally dropped the reference track in and hit render. So all the jokes that sometimes we have to edit out, uh, don't get edited out for the unwrap. So Dalton. That's very, that's very rare. Dalton Suter. I can't choose any one specific moment, but I've had a really tough year mentally, physically, and financially. You guys really helped me through that, and I can't thank you enough for the smiles and laughs. Makes up for the brain damage. You guys rock. Shabba. Shabba. Uh, for the French Shabba. toast. What about you guys? What are some of your favorite memories from the year? Nothing. Not a thing at all. Oh. <laughs> I, was, I thought we were just taking it in turns in the same order as the show. Uh, <laughs> you I go made first, a, Eric. I made a quick list here. Um, David Hayter doing his Edna intro. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, that's on my list. Um, Tom's bundle story. <laughs> was, that, was that this year that was this year that was episode was 151 oh, uh, oh it was yeah you're right mike's optician <laughs> joke obviously zach's piss eye story and going to mocon is super cool to to be able to meet up with with chad and kind of support something that he's worked so hard on and um definitely going back next year i know that ben's going and and zach's going again and we're hoping to kind of rope more people into it and based on all the fun that we had i think a lot more people are interested in coming um i had unfortunately had dan's tower of bagel episode it was just <laughs> oh just, i went back. i listened to that the other day and you you were so like you're just getting increasingly annoyed all the way through because me and dan aren't taking it seriously <laughs> well, and i thought at, the, at one point I finally thought Dan was done with it. And then I talk about getting to this specific village and Dan goes, do they have bagels? Just like <laughs> half an hour later. <laughs> it just never stopped. <laughs> talk about Gary Oldman and it's just so dumb. Um, the Nintendo Lavo. That was this oh, year. Yeah. Oh yeah. And talking about the, 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 the chair that goes up and down the, the toilet that goes up and down the stairs. <laughs> This NPR. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to piss yourself. Get a stair lift. That's it. Are you tired of pissing yourself? Get a stair lift. <laughs> uh, the creation of Het Happenings. Yeah. Um, the yep. soup bra and the accidental incest <laughs> app. Oh, yeah. Iceland. Yeah. Uh, not Ireland. Craig's Vague Bagels. <laughs> 
from episode 168. And then my favorite cold ending of the year. Uh, cold endings pretty much started this year, didn't they? Yeah. So I think we started them just before, just, just at the tail end of last year. My favorite one is Mike says, you guys want to hear something interesting? And I go, nope, music. <laughs> if you listen, this is at the end of 153. And if you listen after that, Mike tells the stupidest fact <laughs> about butterfly dicks. <laughs> you know what? When I heard that you'd put the cold ending there, I was like, oh, we didn't put my fact in. And then I like, because I listen to him at work, I have to let the music play out because I can't take on my phone while I'm driving. And then like, suddenly the credits end and there I am telling the fact. I was like, oh, he did keep it. <laughs> it's so <laughs> stupid. If you haven't heard Which it, I- go back and listen to the end of 153. Um, <laughs> I was listening to, I was trying to get through as many shows as I could. I just have a, a couple more here. From episode 144, uh, Mike, you and I were talking about the Het Zoo where sheep are taped together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Painted sheep, that. that's an elephant. And kangaroos are just a, a sheep with a smaller sheep taped to the front. <laughs> and then from that same episode, you and I invented the uh, Rocky Balboa bidet. <laughs> I remember this. Yeah. And we were trying to determine whether or not it's just Rocky's face that you sit on and like water spurts out of his deformed mouth. Or if it's actually a bidet that fires rocks into your anus. I have zero recollection of this. What episode is this? 144. I'm going to have to listen to that. We've had some dumb shit. But um, I would honestly say that my favorite memory of the year um, was just the level of support from the community um, to kind of go back um, to May. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Jay Jorgensen and Josh Moss when I was up in Minnesota less than 24 hours after, you know, my year just kind of fell apart and just kind of meeting with them showed me that what we've created here at factory sealed is, um, it's not just a podcast. It's a group of friends that, you know, we all just kind of rely on each other to just kind of get through some really difficult things. And like Dalton said that, you know, we've helped him through stuff and, and not to rehash a bunch of things, but like this whole community and this show just helped me through this year. It's just something that has kept me going. And it's kind of been at least for the past eight months, the only constant in in my life that has just kind of kept me going so for me that's been my favorite memory of the year is just that outpouring of support um i mean i did i know i didn't even have to share what was going on but just for people to know like hey something shitty is happening and just have people pour out that support was was really awesome yeah i think i can echo that with the hardships of moving abroad this has been the one constant and so I, we always have this center like the you you three and the community as well is always like my center and that's that, that's really helped grow like pull things back down to earth again and just be like okay cool things are fine so i i totally uh i could totally echo that statement you know and it's something that i take a lot of pride in too because yeah we're a podcast where we just talk about butterfly dicks and shitting your pants while going up the <laughs> stairs but you know it's it's just if you would have told me that Factory Sealed six years ago would be what it is today, I would. I. It wasn't ever my intention. We were just. I had too much damn time on my hands and wanted to do something. And I was doing the Manatang mm. podcast and wanted to start something else. But you know, just to see what it's grown into and and the support from the community, it's just it's awesome. 
Yeah, I mean, I said earlier on, sometimes us doing the show is a little bit like therapy for us. And I had a bit of a shitty time earlier this year as well. And, and you know, you guys, as Tom said, this was the, the, the constant. And then you guys sent me God of War to cheer me up and everything like that. And yeah, it's great. Um, mm. in, in having that, well, that's downplaying it, just saying great. But it's amazing to have this this that we can be a part of and bring joy to other people as well. Yes, I, I agree. I haven't really had a shit year, to be honest. I'm not going to lie, but um, it's doing this is just so fun for me. I don't get really have a lot of people who I chat games with, things like that, and just to come on here and chat nonsense with you guys for three hours every couple of Sundays, it's just great fun. Like I've had so many laughs from this show. Well, I think not just this year, yeah. but every year since. And Eric, from from us for us to be able to help you, even though we're on the other side of the world, that means a lot to me personally as well. And I'm yeah, glad that we could do that for you. It's yeah, definitely agreed. helped. You know, and I feel like, yes, we are the people on the show, but everybody in the community is a part of the show. And just to see what everybody's contributed throughout the year, it's just such an active and, and fun community. Yeah, I mean, it, I, yeah. what I love all the time is how... You know, we're so, we we all communicate with each other on the group so much, and it's you know you always see those same names as people invested. You know, there's there's names that always come. You know, obviously, I mean Zach's been on the show anyway, but you know you always hear like Zach Forley and Dancy Gilbert and Josh Moss and you know the Macintoshes and all these people who you hear, there's plenty more that I've not mentioned as well whose whose names constantly come up every time because they they want to be part of it. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's just mm. incredible to see, and then seeing people bring their significant others in, you know, with with Kayla, and um, I know there's more people that I'm missing with this, um, but it, it's it's just really cool how people are now starting to to spread that out. Like somebody said that they got a coworker in because of that. Um, Taylor got that in, and and just to see people like they, they're not always the most active people, but when they are active, um, it's just really meaningful content that they're sharing. I'll tell you what you missed off your list, mind, Derek. Hmm. The smooth mobile and the Seat Lanzarote. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> All right, let's hear some of your guys' favorite moments. I, th- I think uh, you, you, you covered most of the ones I, I was going to say, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, think I quite enjoyed Mike's, Mike's spontaneous visit to Het. That was a good highlight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he the was the first like... to make the pilgrimage. I mean, Eric, you mentioned it already, but the sweet, sweet herbs on Crag's finest bag in Visibagle. <laughs> Oh, only from a couple episodes ago, the Horbs. <laughs> and oh my cry. god! Oh, and, and the octopus. <laughs> that was a frustrating episode. <laughs> I loved the Final Fantasy Nine episodes. I particularly enjoyed the boiled owls. They were a highlight. Um, I don't know what else happened. Uh, Circus of Values. That was a good one. Oh, yeah. oh I loved that. That was one of my favorite memories. Uh, Shaba, Shaba was a good Shaba for the French toast. We need to make a T-shirt that says that. Um, I, th- I think this has been actually this year has been the first year that like Cat, uh, my girlfriend, has like got more involved as well in the Facebook group too, and so she's showing me stuff that's funny that I haven't even seen. Like she's showing me, oh look at like Dan's just made another picture of Eric's bed. <laughs> And she's finding that it was a highlight for the, me. I got a bit too like, involved in it, but it's just so funny. The photos that look like they're from the late eighteen hundreds. Darling, <laughs> have I told you about Mega Man? <laughs> oh, peak vintage. The vintage Eric C series. The, yes, the my favorite Eric one series. was when it was two ridiculously tall policemen. Yeah, uh, yes. it's like 
Hey, Dave, have I told you about Megavan? <laughs> I like the one where you took my, my high school track photo and form an orderly queue, ladies, and I'll tell you about <laughs> Mega Man. And I shall tell you yeah. about Mega Man. Uh, it, I, quite, yeah. I quite like um, Dead Space, um, putting it into Space D. That was a good one. Yeah. Oh, something else to mind. The fact that everybody else has picked up on... Th- posting pictures of games in front of their steering wheel <laughs> oh yes it's something that zach and i just started because we're like oh my god i got this i can't wait and i'd send a picture to him in front of my steering wheel he'd do back and forth and then i'd just share it out to the group and it just kind of became a, such a stupid thing <laughs> like we we steering wheels and everything <laughs> yeah <laughs> He's well, I am. Um, I, I realized I, I screwed up a bit and I missed some of the comments out. And Matty Hallmark, um, I could bring his comment in. He actually mentions that. He put Piss Eyes was great. I loved seeing the pictures of Mario Kart on the garage door. The photoshopping all year long was great. And I had a blaster in the Photoshop contest. I also love that the steering wheel picture meme has become a thing. And lastly, when you guys made this a closed group so my wife would stop making fun of me every time she saw a post from her uh, from here in her newsfeed. We can be as breadwinny <laughs> as we want now. <laughs> nice. Nice. But yeah, even he mentioned the steering wheel. <laughs> so I mean, I'm sure this I'm sure there's been so much that we've missed. But there's been countless times where I've cried laughing because of the insanity of this. I was talk I met up with um Scott Girardi when I was back in Minnesota and uh I asked him like, Are you still listening through the show? He's like, Yeah, I think I'm on like my sixth or seventh time through all of the shows. Jesus it's just, Christ! It's just all he listens to. When he hits the end, he just go. He said he starts at like forty-five, and just cycles back through. Well, that's when the show was saved. It's a good choice. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, anybody just, else? Yeah, I another like great memory of getting the from you from you, Eric and Zach, the Welcome to America box. Oh yeah. Like that was awesome because I was feeling pretty homesick at the time. So Dan's to, colossal uh, American flag. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, so that was a good. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Mike Most getting early. glitter all over his apartment from his present. Oh yeah, Christ! Have you got it all out me yet? Get, Mike? Me getting tiny stars all over my flat from Mike's present. <laughs> the oh, ceremonial yeah. unsealing sword. How can we forget that? Yes, of course. How many stars? Fifty. Fifty. That's all, there ever, that's all there ever needs to be. Five zero. Not <laughs> yeah, the five, ceremonial no. unsealing sword. I have, in all seriousness, used the ceremonial unsealing sword for opening many games. <laughs> I used mine to open Tetris last night. I'm surprised. Mike, did you have any more to add? Uh, no, you 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 reeled off near enough every single one I was going to mention. I know it sounds like a cop out, but you did. So <laughs> I was going to mention there's the one butterfly fi- fact. One, one final meet one for me, and it's the strangest wrath episode. All the stupid impressions of stranger and the chicken people, and also the fact that Mike was ridiculously hungover for the episode <laughs> oh, and was oh, really yeah. quiet. <laughs> oh, how about the Argos? Oh, God. Oh, God. oh Christ! I'm pretty sure I got the blame for that when it was actually Dan the entire time. I know, and I was listening back, and I thought it was you, Mike, because so I, I was on a... that show. I, I got the a complete blame for that when the entire thing was Dan. That was <laughs> awful. I do apologize. I give myself but... a headache from that. Wasn't um Dan going oh, Mega Man this year as well? Oh, was that this year or was it last was year? Was it this year or was that last year? I can't remember. I don't know. It just reminded me when you said about the so Argos thing. shit about Mega Man. I can't even, I can't even remember. I just, I just, 
All I remember was Eric saying something like, let me tell you about the time when you you were going to tell us how you and Christy met or something. And and it just went from there and descended into Mega Man madness. (laughs) (laughs) I think Eric goes, uh, oh yeah, I took us to this bar and grill. And Dad just goes, I took us to this bar and grill. I told her all about Mega Man. And then she said to me, can Mega Man come? I'm sure that was the shit. To the point where Eric then was like, nope, I'm not going to finish the story. (laughs) (laughs) Mission accomplished. Um, But as I said, I missed out some comments, so we've got a few more here. Uh, Cal Gatelli just says potato. I'm sure he's referring to Dan's potato. Yeah. Uh, David Merkel just. Yeah. David Merkel just says piss eyes, which Matthew Ernie says, um, I would have to agree, pissy face, kid, kiddo voyeur stalker takes the cake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the living meme himself, Dan C. Gilbert, says, uh, I'll have to third piss eyes, but also comment on how Zach Foley did an outstanding job filling in on those two shows and how the Fresh Blood slash perspective was a nice addition to the shows this year. I agree. Yeah, Zach, good job. Yeah. I've not been on with you yet, but... Yeah. Fresh Blood. <laughs> Um, and then the last one I missed was yeah Josh Moss he said beer and a burger with Eric Peterson and Jay Jorgensen in the great state of Minnesota Uh, Shannon McIntosh added um, the birthday presents and Christmas presents that I made for them on the Glowforge all the Glowforge art stuff oh yeah so we did the character plaque things were this year weren't they those got out of hand pretty quick playing Friday the 13th with you guys as well on the community that was really fun We'll have to organize some more of that. Real quick, Eric, your Glowforge thing with the stupid quotes on. Yeah. Like a surveillance camera and (laughs) let's mosey and things like that. (laughs) (laughs) So dumb. Um, So before we get into the last bit here, I just want to put you guys on the spot. What are some games you're looking the most forward to in 2019? Kingdom Hearts 3. Resident Evil 2 remake. Uh, Death Stranding, if it does come out next year. Ooh, optimistic. Good mm. Final Fantasy ah. VII remake. <laughs> no, very optimistic. <laughs> Every year for the rest of time there, Dan. <laughs> so, yes. one of, of my most two. looked forward to games comes out in three, two weeks, two and a half weeks. Ace Combat. Ace Combat. <laughs> and then obviously in VR Resident... as well, right? Yeah, there'll be some VR stuff to it. So then Resident Evil 2, Kingdom Hearts 3, but probably the one I'm most excited about is uh, Sekiru. Sekiru. Shadows Die Twice. Oh. Oh, Sekiro. Sekiro, yeah. But Crackdown 3, Mike, it will be available for free on Game Pass at launch. But also, well. Team and... Sonic Racing. Oh. Crash Team Racing! Yes. Oh my god! It's coming out! <laughs> <laughs> and then Skull and Bones. I think that one's going to end up being pretty cool. What will you all get Crash Team for? Uh, seems like a good Switch game. Yeah, I'll probably get it on Switch. Yeah. Yeah, mm. same. I'll get but, it on Switch too then. All right, so the last thing we need to shore up here because we want to make sure we have as much information out to you guys as possible for our January escapade. Uh, you guys descend in less than four weeks. Oh, my God. It's about th- I, yeah, I it's about three, three weeks and four days. Um, just to recap, we are going to be doing a uh, fan meetup on Saturday. Obviously, there's not too many people that are local, but um, 
Saturday the 26th, we're going to probably be meeting up at one of the local breweries. Um, have yet to really decide. Maybe Four Peaks or one of the retro breweries. Or, you know what would be better? Cobra Arcade Bar. That'd it's probably got be, the word arcade in it. That'd probably be a better shout. Um, that'll probably be right around 4 o'clock. And then after that, we're coming back to, to my place and we're doing multiple hours of streaming us playing video games and doing stupid challenges. So with that, here's some information on it. Uh, we're probably going to be streaming it on Twitch. We have some finer details to figure out. We have an absolute mountain of stuff we're going to be giving away this year uh, from games to um, store cards, PSN, eShop, Live Store. Uh, then I'm going to make a bunch of different things um, on the Glowforge to smash standees, buttons, magnets, pins, coasters. And then here's where things are really interesting. If you're a Patreon supporter, you're going to have access to win things only Patreon supporters are going to get to get access to. Um, hoping to get some more shirts made. We're going to be probably picking out some uh, games that we've played on the year that were the most impactful to us or just on the show in general, sending out copies of those. Um, I'll make some special things that are only going to be available to Patreon supporters. And then we have a couple other special things I don't really have ironed out yet. But um, the way that's going to work is everything's going to be done on a raffle basis. So we're going to have a bunch of raffle tickets that um, for the Patreon supporters, every $10 that you've donated throughout the year is going to get you a raffle ticket. However, if you haven't donated through Patreon throughout the year, um, we're going to have a way set up so you can donate during the live stream to get raffle tickets. So the the way we're thinking about doing it right now is each ticket costs a dollar. Um, and then $3 will get you five tickets and $5 will get you 10 tickets. The money itself will go directly back into the show for more giveaways and just like we've been doing in the past. But um, we'll be fleshing out some more of those details and posting that later. But there is going to be a ton of stuff that we're going to be giving away. We're going to be playing tons of different games throughout the course of the evening it will be um, a live video feed as well we're going to have multiple cameras set up um, we have a little bit more space than we did in london so we're going to take full advantage of that <laughs> and i think i think the, oh we have another person flying into town to spend time with us <laughs> mr bubble bath himself mr brown <laughs> eye of the storm <laughs> i forgot about that <laughs> Yeah, Matt Ernie is flying in to spend some time with us too. So, uh, if you have it in your budget to come in and see us, we'd love to meet as many of you as possible. I know that Jason McGill is going to drive down from Kingman, and we've got a couple people local here. Uh, Zach's flying into town. Ben was thinking about coming down. Um, Scott was looking th- into coming down as well. So I'm just. I think we might need to push this if we're doing the live stream at the times we're thinking. We might need to push this meet and greet earlier. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think Sounds so. Like well, it. maybe a lunch thing, but we'll figure all that stuff out and be sharing it out. We just wanted to make people aware. Gentlemen, that's our It'll be posted on social media. Yeah. So keep an eye out on it. Um, guys, that's a that's 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 the show. That's, that's 2018, guys. What a year. A real roller coaster of a year. I hope I hope 2019 is uh as good in gaming and and better in every other aspect. <laughs> Sounds good to me. What are we playing next? Next up is Ace Combat 4 Shattered Skies, or what's it called in Europe? Ace Combat Distant Thunder? Distant Thunder. Yeah. European Extreme. 
So that's up next. Oh, we use the planes and we fight the bad guys with the planes. Yeah, boom! Can you take your plane to Argos?